0: From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to
1: congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley.
0: You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It
2: is seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Well, here's the latest... Uh, And the latest update in the Pennsylvania race for the United States Senate on the Republican side. Interesting to note. Let me just give you the quick Democrat side. You've got the lieutenant governor of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, had a stroke two days ago, a heart procedure yesterday. And the Democrat voters, they don't even know or they don't even care. It doesn't even matter. He wins in an absolute blowout. On the Republican side, as tight almost as it can be, you have Dr. Mehmet Oz endorsed by President Trump. That's the only reason that he is where he is right now. No offense to Dr. Oz, who's a substantial man, but he's at four hundred eleven thousand six hundred and seventy four votes. That's thirty one point three percent of the vote. David McCormick. Who has a tremendous resume? 409,002. So at this near moment, out of 1.1 million votes counted, Mehmed Oz has a lead of 2,672 votes. It could still go either way. Of course, I think you'd rather be Oz than McCormick because there's not that many votes to count. Now, I will tell you, let me go into my briefcase real quick. There's something that I saw at about seven o'clock last night that a Pennsylvania county said that some of their mail-in ballots weren't scanning Due to a printing error. And it turns out this was for U.S. Senate and governor. That's usually not a big deal, but if you're talking about a race that's within a couple thousand votes, it's a a huge deal. And it's the sixth most populous county in Pennsylvania. And the way that um, this appears to have happened, they had a vendor, and the vendor. Use the wrong identification code. So the scanning equipment, it's an optic scanner. It can't read the ballots. They have a central scanner system. So I guess they had to count them by hand. I don't think, it, I don't think that it is a major deal, but there just always seems to be something. So you heard the show prior to me and the rest of the Democrat media. Uh, the show before me is extremely, extremely left of center, uh, which I have no problem with. I'm just telling you what it is. So they they bring up the Trump endorsed candidate. Then of course they have to bring up Madison Cawthorn. Now, who in their right mind didn't know that Madison Cawthorn was going to go down yesterday? This guy got caught not once, but twice in airports with a loaded gun. How do you do that? Maybe one time you forget or you packed it somewhere. You forgot it was there, whatever. Two times. Then of course you had the freaky deaky, uh, lingerie. He had the female lingerie picture and just this guy was, he was done. And I don't play age discrimination, but the guy was 24 years old. Now, I will tell you, I had a multi-million dollar budget at age 24. Age is not necessarily determinative. But I was a very mature 24 year old. This guy seems like a very immature young man, which really, I mean, he's 26 years old. I would have to say, if I had to make a prediction, I believe in comebacks, I believe in redemption, I believe in all these things. But I think there's a really good chance that his life is going to be quite messed up from this point forward. And I'll tell you why. When you make it to the people's house and you are... One of 535 out of 250 million people. You're in the United States Congress. What do you do after that? See, I'm a big fan of always growing, always improving. I know people that live in the past. They live through their and look, I'm proud of my high school days. I'm proud of I still have a high school record. I'm proud of my running career. And I'm, I'm very fond, you know, have fond memories of that stuff. But. It doesn't guide my life. I'm telling you, I know people that the greatest thing they ever did was in high school. I saw a movie the other night. And this kid was really cool, and this girl really wanted to date him and go out with him. And he was just the the coolest kid in school. And then it goes into the future, and the guy's like a smelly bum doing not very well at all. But when the biggest thing, the best thing you ever did was at such a young part of your life – for me, I, I that's sad. I, I treat every day like I haven't done the best thing yet. That I'm still a work in progress. I'm still growing and that I haven't done. I just feel that way. I haven't done and I, I encourage you to go at it that way. That the best thing you will do in your life you haven't done yet and I mean that professionally because personally when you get married and you have children I mean that is the to me that's the pinnacle that's the pinnacle of your life the other stuff is just stuff and it's what you do it's not who you are even though some people are identified by what they do and can get mixed up in terms of priorities but that's Again, you know in my next life I'm going to be Harry Hurley life coach. I'd like to sit down with Madison Cawthorn because if somebody doesn't sit down with him and help him fix himself, straighten his head out, he's going – you're going to be reading about him and it won't be good. I just – I feel that with every ounce. All right, so the Pennsylvania race, Democrat nominee will be Jim Fetterman. The Republican nominee, I'm still, I'm sticking with my pocket Creskin prediction. I think doctor, I, and I, I kept waking up last night. I was very invested in this, very interested in it. And McCormick led the entire night. I mean, all night from the very first 1% of the vote that came in. McCormick was up. And I think Oz took the lead. I, I was in and out of consciousness. So I, I can't remember exactly when, but I think sometime after midnight. And he kept increasing this very small lead, uh, but it is extremely close. And if it stays this close, anything one half percent or less is an automatic recount. And when you're talking about numbers that are this close, you could have tabular errors. I talked to somebody about an hour ago that thinks they're going to cheat Mehmet Oz, but I said, I think the Democrats want to run against him. I don't think they want to run against David McCormick. So I think they're not going to rig it. But you have to worry about that. Oh, hey, look at these votes. Oh, my God, look at this. You know, whenever they know exactly what they need, it's always dangerous. So it's like 99 point some odd percent. I believe every machine vote is now tabulated. And you just have mail-in ballots. And unless somebody did a disproportionate job there, they should fall the way that the election did. And I think Mehmet Oz is just going to win a very, even excruciatingly close election. Kathy Barnett, for her part in this, got 325,557 votes as of 4.45 a.m. this morning, 24.8%. So it's 31.3 Oz, 31.1 McCormick, 24.8 Barnett. No one else is even close. Back in just a few minutes, it's early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
3: Fox News Commentary. I'm Jimmy Fallon, and I'll tell you why the big winner of the Johnny Depp-Amber Heard divorce trial are the people who aren't watching. Next.
4: America could soon enter stagflation territory with slow economic growth, high unemployment, and high inflation. That is why I recommend gold IRAs from Birch Gold Group. Hi. Stephen K. Bannon here, and I want to remind you to get Birch Gold's free info kit on sheltering your savings with gold IRA. To get your free copy, text the word SHELTER
5: to 989898. With stagflation looming, it's critical that you act today.
3: Text SHELTER to 989898 right now. So Amber Heard and Johnny Depp continue to battle in court. And I have to say, if the goal of this trial was to make the rest of us feel better about our own relationships, these two are doing a phenomenal job. Aside from that, it's completely ridiculous, especially when you consider this trial has lasted longer than their marriage. And while Americans will recover from the ridiculousness of hearing about Johnny getting day drunk all the time, and Amber allegedly going potty on his bed one time, it's unlikely that either actor's career will recover because they both look nuts. By the time this is over, Johnny Depp will be lucky to be starring in a low-budget spinoff called porch pirates of the caribbean where he's just stealing amazon packages off people's stoops amber might get hired but probably to teach an acting class because she seems to be full of it half the time as for the judge he should probably punish the loser by making them watch this entire trial again so they can suffer as much as we did because in the end even the winner of this trial will still be a loser I'm Jimmy Fallon.
0: Thousand. Download every Hurley in the morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio,
2: 95.5. Thank you. I am working on something that I will squeeze in 5 minutes at a time and it will probably take me until the middle of next hour, but I will tell you when I publish it and it is no joke. And it is not. I love come, you know, uh, bearing good news. This isn't that. No good. Senator Lindsey Graham uh, said, hey, we didn't blame Democrats for Steve Scalise's shooting. I did a whole monologue on this yesterday, so I'm not going to. do as much in terms of specificity on it at this moment, but I do want to share a couple of thoughts. President Biden is a true disgrace. And I say that with no pleasure. I mean I, I'm I pity him. He is feeble. He is incoherent. He 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 is uh finally someone other than me has said it. Elon Musk has said it. Don Hurley has been saying it for the longest time that Biden's a teleprompter. And Elon Musk finally said it. Elon Musk also said he's voting Republican in the midterm elections. I mean, I'm telling you, you, you wait. These Democrats have nothing. That is why they don't mind completely dividing the entire country. These absolute provocateur liars. They are a disgrace. The things that they are willing to do. Remember, yes, there are white supremacists and there are also black supremacists. We only seem to get it one way in the news. And then they always try to put the white supremacists. As, quote, unquote, a mainstream Republican. Give me a break. There's no connection. There's no similarity. Lindsey Graham said that the GOP makes no such accusations when the roles are reversed. Hey, listen, maybe we have to start. When it's some socialist, Democrat, leftist, whack job, let's say it. Say that's a mainstream Democrat that did that. That did that uh, subway uh, shooting. You believe that that mainstream Democrat who needs to go on a on a diet. He he actually makes uh, Fat Nadler looks look small. But how come he's not a mainstream Democrat? How come the person that drove into the crowd around Christmas time intending to kill? How come that wasn't a mainstream Democrat? Look, if the other side is going to do it, then you can't just be a punching bag. At the bottom of the hour, I'm going to let you know about something that I wrote. And it's about somebody that just had it. He's not taking it anymore. And he unloaded. And I'll give you a preview uh, even before we go to the bottom of the hour break. He unloaded on the press of Atlantic City. He's had it. They've written like 10, 10 identical stories about him. The one thing that the press of Atlantic City has had, uh, and this is decades, this is my entire career. It was worse than... In previous administrations, Buzz Keogh is a good man. There have been times I can't say that. Chuck Reynolds, when I worked for him, he was the best. Phenomenal. But it hasn't always been that way. But one of the mistakes they make, they regurgitate the same thing. It's it's what the Democrat media does. Like one-note Johnny. And I think Tyner felt after and I'm speaking about the immediate past Atlanta County Prosecutor Damon Tyner. I think he felt like, hey, they wrote this damn thing nine times and on the 10th time I'm not taking it anymore. And he strikes back. And we have the letter that he wrote. And everything that he had to say on the topic. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes. But Senator Graham is exactly right. Now imagine this. Imagine a headline, and this is exactly as it read. The Buffalo shooter isn't a lone wolf. He's a mainstream Republican. How patently, blatantly, intellectually dishonest is that? This 18-year-old... Barely man child. This is a mainstream Republican. Quote, nobody accused the person who was a Bernie Sanders supporter who attacked Republican congressmen at baseball practice of representing the mainstream of the Democratic Party. I find that headline offensive. Quote, unquote. And they weren't the only ones. You had jackass Schumer. You know, Schumer, think about this. Schumer, I I don't even know. I, I think you should be able to sue people that do this kind of thing, whether you're a public figure or not. Schumer wrote Fox News. This is according to Tucker Carlson. He wrote Fox News. I think it was yesterday calling for them to fire. Tucker Carlson and other people who do they think they are? What arbiter of anything are they? And this this thin it's not even thin. It's not even there. This this attempt to link this horrible event in Buffalo to Fox News and to Tucker Carlson and to Republicans. It's disgraceful. But I'm telling you, they have I I heard Shelby Steele. Let me tell you something. Shelby Steele is one of the most brilliant, pithy. Some people need a thousand words to say something. He is so impactful in five or ten words. Very soft-spoken, but makes incredibly good points. And he was saying, that the Democrats have nothing, and so they overreach and and do this invention and create these things. He's, he's spot on. And I understand, they're never going to stop. They, it, it's sad. I have to tell you, it's sad. The other side doesn't do it because the other side actually knows how to govern, has a philosophy of governance. That you can sell to the American people. You can't sell what the the Democrats have. Defund the police. Catch and release. No border security. I love Jim Jordan yesterday. He goes after, he says, look at this gasoline prices. Look at the inflation. Look at the no security at the border. Look at this. Look at that. And what are the congressional hearings yesterday? UFOs. Jim Jordan is flat out brilliant. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Just getting started. I'm Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. All because of you. You did that.
6: This is the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network.
2: 31 minutes past the hour. Yes, it's still me, Harry Hurley, uh, ravaged with tree pollen, Allergies. I, I just can't even, I can't even verbalize how much agony I'm in. Former Atlantic County Prosecutor Damon Tyner unloads on the press of Atlantic City. We have the exclusive. Pain at the pump? You bet. And I'm going to double down on that in the next hour. And Atlantic County and Cape May counties, believe it or not, are listed as high for COVID.
7: In other words, you should be wearing masks From the Town Square New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Today's humidity even lower and more comfortable than yesterday. Daytime hours look great, although tonight does look wet. Early sunshine, then increasing clouds this afternoon. High temperature seventy one degrees. Showers may creep in after sunset. Steadier rain after midnight. Low temperature fifty eight. Bring rain the rain, exits please. Mid morning tomorrow, then clearing skies, mild and breezy. High seventy eight. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. This is a St. Jude moment.
0: WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
2: I have to finish something. I am helping a guest listener who needs my help. And I fell about 30 seconds short of being able to... um, Respond. Just give me one second here. Uh, we take care. We take care of you. Don't you worry. Where do you see, by the way, what I am working on uh, for the next hour, and then, then it will be ripe. Whew. You, I'll be posing the question: Are you ready for something? And it's not pleasant. Wow. All right. So this guest listener, you're going to be just fine. Person that wrote me during the break. I just responded with the information that you needed. Harry Hurley at AOL.com if you ever need to find me. But if you just Google me, I think my picture pops up. If you click on the picture, it just goes right to my mail screen. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Uh, see how you like this one. Former... Trump administration staffer who worked for Peter Navarro decided yesterday to post one hundred and twenty eight thousand emails from the seized Hunter Biden laptop. Now, you understand now it could still happen here, but it's less likely to happen now. But before the campaign, if you did that, it would be taken down. This this is how rigged the game is, they would ha- they would have taken that down. That truth would be called a lie. The lie would be perpetrated as the truth. And this is the way that it would be. The highlights, quote, the 10 for the big guy message, which links Joe Biden to Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings remember he is so unambiguously Joe Biden so unambiguously on the record as saying he never met any of his son's business partners he's never had anything to do with it now we know they have a joint account or joint accounts and I honestly other than just pure corruption how how can Joe Biden survive this I mean, look how they're willing to go after President Trump when there's absolutely no there there. You know it's true. If Donald Trump Jr. was a crack-smoking, junkie, hoe-chasing, I mean, if, if he was that, If, in other words, if, if Donald Trump Jr. was Hunter Biden and Donald Trump was in there, the big guy, and and half, half of everything you ever made in your life goes to him, the media. And it would be in the hands of many legal controlling authorities and grand juries would be impaneled. And you know what would happen. Change nothing. The site, I'm not promoting it. I'm not telling you to go there. I'm just communicating with you. For some reason, I'm not going to this website. There's nothing I care to see. I'm very blessed. I've had the opportunity to interview Miranda Devine probably 10, 15 times. uh, And any question I've ever had about the Hunter Biden laptops, I've been able to ask. And I have a lot of information on this. So I'm not going to this site. I don't know anything about the site. I know it's this Garrett Ziegler, a former aide to Peter Navarro, but the site, if you are interested, is BidenLaptopEmails.com. It allegedly allows the user to download all of the supposed Hunter Biden emails for Mac or Windows-based computers. The emails span a time period from December 2009 through March of 2019. And that March 2019 is right before Hunter Biden dropped off his MacBook Pro to the Delaware computer store. Incidentally, I, I believe in my email, just to give you an idea how busy we are these days. I have an email. I think the laptop guy wants to come on our show. I know I have an email about him appearing. I haven't even had a chance to deal with it yet. But this is out there. If you're interested. In a statement on the site which bills itself as a nonprofit research group exposing corruption and blackmail. It characterizes Hunter Biden's laptop as, quote, a modern Rosetta Stone of white and blue collar crime. Look, if you if you're just at all objective, I can't make you be objective. But if you're at all objective, objective, you know, this whole Biden thing. They're dirty as hell, and they've been dirty as hell for decades. Hunter Biden writes a book. He gets money. Hunter Biden pees paint out of a straw. He makes money, big money. And I, I'm Jen Psaki, and the most transparent thing we can do is not tell you who bought the Hunter Biden art pieces. That was literally said. This is how incredibly corrupt this government is also it has in here hunter biden describing an apparent quid pro quo with a mexican billionaire son outlining how biden got him into the white house and presidential inauguration ceremony and then thanking him for visits to a villa this is crazy just it's just terrible Prior to this, to, prior let me get this in English. Prior to the discovery of the Rosetta Stone, a number of ancient languages were mere gibberish and hash marks. Similarly, the emails on the Biden laptop illuminated previously convoluted webs of people. You see, leading the charge for global governance, truly the emails can be considered a translation tool. For open source intelligence gathering. Wow. They have all these like introduction statements on the website. I think it's interesting. And I do know this. If the American people, if we were not lied to on purpose by the Democrat media and the collusion between big tech, the oligarchs, and Biden... To not allow the truth to be known. We already know the American people have settled this matter. Biden would have lost anywhere from anywhere from 20 to 25 percent or more of his vote on election day. He would not be the president. I said for the beginning. oh, why would they do something like this? This is why. It's so easy to connect the dots. They could not allow this truth. To become self-evident.
0: Back in a few minutes. Th- this is. Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio
2: 95.5. Thank you very much. Welcome back. And yes, I'm utilizing each break. Uh, from from the first second to the last. To... Uh, put together this piece about something that let me tell you something if what i am writing and in some areas it's very close to happening already if this happens you are going to see an america and things going on that you never even dreamed about people will have had it like I reported earlier about Damon Tyner, you know, when the press wrote 10 times stories about the same exact thing, 10 times. I forget who else that happened to. There was somebody that had something going on and they just kept doing the same story again and again and again. And then I forget how that all ended, but that person may have just flipped out on them, too, at, at, at some point. But. We'll, I'm not talking cryptic to be a wise guy. I, I'm, I'm working the piece. And when it's done, I'm going to tell you all about it. And I'll, I'll get it done within the next hour. Hey, see how you like this one. This would be terrible, right? If you had something going on in your life and you thought that, I don't know, a thousand people liked it or a million people liked it, whatever number you want to pick, and you found out that half of it was fake an audit has revealed that half of joe biden's twitter followers are bots if you've ever heard of this term it's a fake account they're known as spam bots sometimes referred to as just bots half of joe biden's 22.2 million twitter followers Are not real. Now please. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at Newsweek. Because that Democrat rag. Is who reported this yesterday. After we went off the air. Now this is interesting because. Elon Musk. Isn't going to pay. $44 billion. If a significant portion of Twitter are fake. Now, evidently, in Twitter's filings with the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, they say that only 5% of Twitter users are spam accounts. Now, maybe that's true, But if you look at Joe Biden and if eleven point one one out of twenty two point two million Twitter followers are not real. Well, that's 50 percent. That's not five percent. The shame of it is. And I'm really rooting for Elon Musk. To close the deal and to take Twitter over because it's his intention to once again make it free and fair. You know, it's 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 I always consider this such an interesting distinction that all Republicans want and and I'll go further than Republican, all conservatives or anybody moderate center, slightly right of center to, you know, the hard right, if you will. All they want is for it to be fair. Is't that, that incredible if I use this just to be able to conversationally ha, you know, say it? All we want is for it to be fair. We don't want and uh, Democrats want the game rigged, they want home court advantage. they want the refs in their pocket. They want to be able to cheat you, have total control of everything, have every advantage, and all you want is for it to be fair. It's remarkable. Musk made a statement through a Twitter post, which I think is delicious, implying the value of the company could be distorted. In the post, he said the, quote, 20 percent fake slash spam accounts, while four times what Twitter claims could be much higher. I, I think it is. I have no way to prove this, but if you ask me my opinion, hey, what's your opinion, Harry? Thank you. Thank you for asking. My opinion is I think that's about right. I think half of Twitter followers are bots. So why would you pay for that? If you if you bought a six ounce filet mignon and it was only three ounces that came to the table, would you want to pay for six ounces? Oh, yeah, yeah, you had a six ounce filet. No, no, no. You said it was six ounces, but it was only half that much. No, no, you had a six ounce filet. Joe Biden's got 22.2 followers. Oh, oh, this is important. I almost sounded like uh, Satch on the Bowery Boys.
1: Oh, 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 oh.
2: Because they don't want to be called a liar. 49.3%. Of Biden's followers are bots. It's not half. It's forty nine point three percent. See? We really believe it's important to tell you the truth. You said half. Forty nine point three. It's a lot more than five. Well you know, it's only one account. Oh, okay, so the president is it is just uniquely bottable. Elon Musk, I I can only tell you that I have enjoyed what he has been doing. Look, I know he's a little zany, and, and maybe he's a lot zany, but look what this guy does. Space, subterranean, Tesla, I mean – He's incredibly forward-thinking, and they do say that you know these geniuses. It's like a it's like a a split hair between genius and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. But I have so enjoyed Elon Musk, uh, everything that he's been doing, the offer for Twitter, how he's handled it. Now going after this uh, spam bot thing, how he's gotten involved instead of voting Republican in the midterm elections. And, you know, think about it. How couldn't you? Anybody that would vote to continue what's been going on in this country. I read you the list yesterday. In fact, I wrote an article, Paint at the Pump, and it's beyond just gasoline. I went in and outlined 10 or more things that are anywhere from 50 percent. 40%, 30%, 20%, 10% 40%, 30%, 20 10% more expensive just one year later. What sane person would want to continue this? Your calls are next.
0: WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ HD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now.
2: Thank you and welcome to the program. at six minutes past the hour. Wide open forum this hour. Uh, the 8 o'clock hour will feature Jim Alamont. We had to move him uh, to today, which appreciate Jim for moving. We were not here last Wednesday. Got back on Thursday. Jim Alamont, the Green Tree Mortgage Program. And I uh, actually have homework sitting on Jim's desk when he arrives. The, the article is titled, it's an Axios uh, media piece. The article is titled, The crazy housing market is finally slowing down. Sort of a what's next type of deal. I think it'll be a good discussion. That's coming up. And from 935 until Kilmeade, your New Jersey Senator Vince Palestina in a Hurley in the morning exclusive. As promised, open forum begins right now, 609-407-1450. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air
9: uh yeah good morning i have a friend named billy we always try to one-up each other on who has more knowledge of what's going on in the past and what's going on now he sends me audio clips about the similarities between uh, president lincoln and president kennedy how president kennedy uh, president lincoln was uh, elected into congress in 1846 john kennedy was elected into congress in 1946 lincoln was elected to president as in 1860 john kennedy was elected to president in 1860 1960 rather um Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy. Kennedy had a secretary named Lincoln, and on and on he goes. And yeah, but I said only one thing. Yes, uh, both assassinators were from uh, the South, but at this point, no, I don't believe uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was their true assassinator, but I won't go there. But it's just uh, we are in a the 21st. We have entered a new paradigm here. I mean, the 21st century, the 20th century, as much as we love the 20th century, it's gone. 20th century is gone. We're in a new century. And yeah, as far as. Uh, our commander in thief, I mean our commander in chief saying uh that yes, uh that uh, uh campaigning on a on a behalf of the GOP is what well won their election is past the uh, couple of nights. Well that just shows we're fighting fire with fire, that's all. We're finally fighting fire with fire. That's what we have to do with these people. We we can't uh, they they will cut your throat. They you know <laughs> that's the kind of people they are. That's that's what we're dealing with here. So, um, actually, I, I've learned i I've learned a whole lot from the internet. So people always accuse me of being a wing nut because I learned so much from the internet. I learned a treasure trove of information from the internet. I know there's BS there too. I, I, I realize that. But you're going to get more BS from a uh, MSLSD or, you know, CNN, the Communist News Network, any day. You'll get more truth from the, from the internet. And, but they're, they're shadow banning, they're deplatforming, they're photoshopping, they're doing everything they can to, you know, cut, to pull that rug out from under our, our feet too. But I think it's time for we, the people, really, we really need to uh, gain as much information as possible. And and really, we have to fight these people, man. We have no choice. We have to fight these people. Tooth and nails, looks like. Thanks.
2: Hey, thanks, Flash. I mean, hell, look how they're fighting. Look how unfair they fight. I mean, they're calling Republicans terrorists. They They took parents and placed them under... Federal criminal investigation. Parents. That just cared about their kids. And wanted to have a say in their schools. They're Listen. They're playing for keeps. They don't care who they destroy. They don't care what they say. They call this 18 year old man child. They call him a mainstream Republican. They are. They are sick. These people. And they have no boundaries your calls continue right after the break don't go away you will be the next caller on the hurley in the morning program this is wpg talk radio 95.5 here sean hannity
5: the truth and nothing but this is the sean
6: hannity morning minute no one should be held accountable for evil actions of of individuals except for that depraved individual You know, on this program, I've been saying this for years, said the same thing about when the Unabomber, you know, when they found that he had Al Gore's Earth in the balance book. I didn't blame Al Gore for the Unabomber, an environmentally conscious terrorist, as some described him. I didn't blame Al Gore for the psychotic actions of Ted Kaczynski. We condemn all violence. We deplore acts of hatred, bigotry. You know, you don't exploit the loss, the horrific loss of life, of legal gain. Democrats, and frankly, they should be ashamed of themselves. They're not. They have no shame. They'll do anything for power.
5: Keeping you on the straight path. Later today, it's The Sean
10: Hannity Show.
6: Now, whether you're moving into a new home or you just want to give your home a whole new feel, you can start with custom window treatments from Blinds.com. Now, Blinds.com, they have the selection and the expertise to help you customize your perfect window treatments. Plus, there's no showroom, no retail markups. Blinds.com, they can connect you with design consultants and local pros for installation. So shop Blinds.com right now. Save up to 40% off site-wide. That's Blinds.com, up to 40% off site-wide. Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: That's ziprecruiter.com slash free.
7: Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM,
2: South Jersey's
6: talk station.
2: That is the great one, Mark Levin, 16, almost 17 minutes past the hour. Wide open forum continues, 609 407 1450. Jim Malamut coming up right around the corner in the upcoming hour, the 8 o'clock hour and from 9.35 until Brian Kilmeade, New Jersey Senator Vince Palestina. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. Glad you called in. Hi there. Good morning, Harry. Hey. Uh, I do want to talk about um, what Biden
10: said yesterday, but I want to finish what I was talking about the other day. I ran out of time. We we're talking about how when the Democrats want you to change your behavior – for instance, driving a gasoline car, well, they drive up the cost of gasoline in order to get you to drive your car less or give it up and buy an electric car because that which they cannot legislate, they regulate. They can't outlaw your car, but they can make it too expensive to drive. So the end result is the same. You have a car, but you don't use it. So you really don't have a car. So the point I was going to make too was that in regards to this baby formula thing, I really think what they're trying to do is to get Americans thinking twice before they have a baby. Because if you are a young couple and you're thinking, gee, I'm not going to be able to afford to feed the baby or I'm not going to be able to get the food to feed the baby, and maybe you're going to think twice about it. And I had put this on Facebook. Hours later... I see this, um, uh, her name is Potter, a reporter from California, congresswoman. And she was saying the same thing I said. She's a Democrat. And she was saying that we can't overturn Roe v. Wade because, look, inflation can happen at any time. And a mother needs to have the option of deciding how many children she's going to have or how many mouths she's going to be able to feed. Based on inflation, like it could happen at any time, and maybe the mother thinks, "Well, I can't afford to feed this baby, so I'm going to abort it." It was that it was that narrative that this that this Democrat congresswoman was putting out there. Okay, so imagine this is happening while at the same time they're importing millions of new people to the country, who, truth be told, are quite prolific when it comes to procreation. So as the old traditional Americans go away, they're not having children, they are replaced with this new America. And and this is not my term. It, it, I have heard it used. It's called the browning of America. And I don't have a problem with the browning of America if it happens organically. I have a problem with the reasons why they're doing it. And we know why they're doing it. They're doing it for power. Agree or disagree, Harry? Agree. Okay. So this is this is what I think is happening. Now, Yesterday, Joe Biden, you know, and I know people say, oh, I feel sorry for him. You know, he's senile, whatever. See, I look at, what, 10 years ago when he was vice president. He was perfectly fine. I mean, he's never been a smart person. We know that.
2: No, he's been, he was wrong for 40, 50 years, but he was never so incoherent. He was just wrong, which was dangerous in itself. But this is really dangerous stuff. Right now, uh, what's... Go- I I just don't know how much longer people are going to be able to pretend that nothing is wrong here.
10: Well, like I say, he the things that he did while he was perfectly lucid for decades, all the stuff he did with Hunter, he was perfectly lucid during that time. So. I don't feel one bit sorry for him right now. I love, I, I, I I'm kind of torn because I love when he embarrasses himself, but then I'm I'm torn because he's also embarrassing the country. He's making us look ridiculous on the world stage,
2: and even more important and dangerous, he makes us look weak. Exactly embarrassing. I mean, Bill Clinton was an embarrassment when he was playing hide the cigar and doing terrible things. Uh, embarrassing is one thing. Biden's dangerous.
0: Well, yeah,
10: but but this is why they put him. This is why Biden was installed, because he's the perfect. You can excuse everything he's doing as just this old man making bad mistakes. But he's not the one doing the things. He's just the, the mouthpiece. We talked about that. But now uh, to, to paraphrase Ralph Cramden, I know that, you know, that I know that, you know, a guy who looks a lot like you, actually, who creates means. And I thought of this powerful meme. I, thought, I saw Biden yesterday. Or I saw the clips later. Imagine a pile of, and this would all have to be cartoon, cartoonish, not real pictures, but a cartoon of dead bodies, African-American, with the presidential podium perched on top of the pile, and Biden saying everything he said yesterday, because he used their dead bodies to create political hay to once again excrete people who disagree with him and make them the blame for all of this the things he said yesterday harry i i, I mean i you know you always think is this guy ever going to top himself and he always does he never disappoints the things that he said yesterday using those poor black americans bodies as his pulpit absolute disgrace absolute disgrace and You know, blaming Tucker, blaming white people, blaming Trump, blaming... I mean, people, people. I really have to believe, Harry, people are not buying any of this. They know the reason. You know, again, Ralph Cramden, you want a reason? I'll give you the reason. The reason. We know the reason why these things are happening. And I I say, you think about shutting the schools down during COVID, right? What did they tell us? The science told us two years ago... That this was deleterious to the mental health of children. Remember, this 18-year-old was a high school student, maybe 15 when, the, when, the, or 16 when the closures happened. Could these school closures have isolated this kid? Had him on the internet? Got him thinking wrong things? Could, 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 it, could that have been the reason? I mean, you know, if you want to really sh- stretch this and start blaming people, couldn't you also blame? the lockdown look at what it did to kids and we know it, it it did these things to kids because the science tells us it did that there's been serious psychological problems with these children could could this have been the reason why he became the way he was do we know that this kid was like this when he was 8 or 10 years old or did he get like this in the past couple of years do we know no something to think about
2: well it's not it's not an unfair comment so let me say it in the in the affirmative not in the negative it's a fair comment to say we don't know what we don't know. And it is true that children being kept out of school was very injurious in many ways. We see it in the increase in suicides uh, and other issues. No no question about it. Some students that went from being very, very good straight A, A, B type phenomenal students to uh, having great struggles and problems. No, there's no there's nothing uh, nothing untrue about what you said there.
10: You know, Harry, the the worst time to isolate a child from his peers, from his friends, and you know, and I know, and it's always going to be this way. You know, when you're in that 14, 15, 16 age, you know, you like girls and you're starting to be a little more autonomous away from your parents. You're out there in the world and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're starting to become an adult there. And, you know, you, you want to be with your, your buddies and you want to be with your girlfriend and you want to be out there socializing. It's very important at that age. And they took that away from him. So again, I'm not saying this is the cause, but it certainly isn't white supremacy. And, you know, you know, Biden doesn't do this as well as Obama did, but he's able to, Biden makes statements and he does this thing with his voice and you know what I'm talking about because you listen to people's voices but he does this thing with with his voice and he's he makes a statement like it is absolute proven fact that it's not even up for debate. Obama used to do this all the time, you know the gaslighting thing. He would say something to you like it was like it was decided fact a thousand years ago like it's always been this way that it's not even up for discussion so biden made this statement about the white supremacy it's absolutely ridiculous and you know why i know it's ridiculous harry because if what we saw over the weekend was commonplace it wouldn't get covered that much just like the shootings in chicago don't get covered that much certain things don't get covered much because they happen all the time nobody covers safe plane landings they only cover the plane when it crashes. Hmm. So the reason they're all over these stories is because they are rare. So uh, does that make sense?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, if it bleeds, it leads. Uh, there, was a, there was actually a media outlet. The, we're the good news outlet. They, they failed miserably. You write a beautiful story, I don't know, the, about somebody that saved kittens. Crickets. You have a story, a guy shot in the head twice in Atlantic City. It's going to be read by many, many thousands. If it bleeds, it leads. Ask J. Jonah Jameson.
10: It's true. It's true. So, you know, um, this is going to sound so cold, so horrible, but I truly believe the Democrats like when these things happen, and I'll tell you why. Because look at 60 million potential Americans have been killed since Roe v. Wade, babies. They looked the other way in Benghazi. They didn't care about those people. They looked the other way with the black-on-black crime in, in almost every Democrat-run city around the country. I mean, a literal genocide, black-on-black crime. They look the other way. They look the other way when 100,000 Americans died from fentanyl in the past year. They look the other way, okay? So they, they, they've obviously demonstrated that they have no value for human life, that they just don't care. They're that cold. So why would they care that these black Americans were killed in Buffalo over the weekend, especially when they can use their corpses as a bully pulpit, as a cudgel to bash Republicans?
2: Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say, they could, both could be true. They could care, but they're so shameless. They It might be just a little bit, um, it's not defendable. But they could care about the loss of life, and at the same time be willing to use it in the most crass manner uh, by using it politically. Both could be true. You could be right. Well, if they, but I could also be. I want to. I want to at least not lose all faith in humanity and say, look, they're scumbags, uh, but they can care that something horrible happened. But at the same time. Be so cold, so calculating, so callous. And also, too, let's be honest, so desperate because they've got nothing. Andy, you know this. They have nothing. They have governed. Look at every single possible objective measurement. Price of gasoline, price of food, uh, everything. I mean, you, you supply chain. You can't even get baby formula. They shut down 40 percent of the supply of our country Now they act like they're going to solve the problem by letting them go back and make it again. What have you been doing all these months? I got to run. And when we come back, uh, our next caller is standing by and ready to go. And it is you, so hang in there. 609-407-1450. It's the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We'll be back in just a little bit. Don't go away. 609-407-1450.
6: This is the Town Square, New Jersey, Info
2: and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley at exactly 30 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Former Atlantic County Prosecutor Damon Tyner unloads on the press of Atlantic City. We have the exclusive. Check it out. He didn't hold back. He had enough. Pain at the pump. We've got it. And I'm filing pain at the pump part two. Oh, wait do you hear about this. Potential. And Atlantic and Cape May counties are listed
7: as high for COVID-19. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Comfortably cool 50s this morning. Thermometers will aim for about 71 this afternoon. Slightly cooler, less humid, and less breezy than yesterday. Even though clouds will increase through this afternoon, another nice weather day. Tonight we get wet. Showers after sunset. Steadier rain after midnight. Low of 58. Rain wraps up mid-morning tomorrow, then clearing skies. High of 78. 80s on Friday. Get weather 24 7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today.
0: Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1.
7: Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's Talk Station.
2: Thank you. 36 minutes past the hour. And I'm telling you, trust me on this. That is a fabulous show. Markley. Van Camp when they first started, and now Markley Van Camp and Robbins for several years. It's not it's not new anymore. Uh, they're just phenomenal. They're, they're just different. They're um, smart, funny, truthful. Uh, Chris Coleman just made a fabulous programming decision. When you go from Hurley to Kilmead to Markley Van Camp and Robbins, and then you go to Sean Hannity and Mark Levin, at all just fabulous balance you're gonna if you've never listened uh you're gonna like it check it out well i did it i went and did it i hit the publish button go to the app go to the wpgtalkradio.com website and check out what i just posted it's out there and all i can tell you is it's not a lie it's not here yet, but there is actually great speculation that we could see $10 a gallon gasoline. And even worse than that, right now we've had pain at the pump, and it's been, it's been terrible. I mean, I'm down to a quarter of a tank, and I believe on my way home today, I'm going to go fill up. I'll fill up at quarter of a tank, and I'm expecting it to be at least a hundred dollars. My friend filled up yesterday. I forgot to ask him uh, where where the needle gauge was, but he paid a hundred and twenty four dollars. I'm going to fill up today, and I'm going to pay unless it goes up by the time I get there. But as of, as of me driving by, at 3 o'clock this morning, 529.9 per gallon. Now, you look at things, if you're old enough to remember the late 1970s when we could only get gasoline, I was a brand new driver and I didn't have much money and I was not in a position where I could fill my tank, even as inexpensive, relatively speaking, because there's always inflation and such, but I never filled my tank. I I think a couple of times it was filled, and I was like looking at the needle, and I thought, oh, my God, I'm not going to need gas in so long. This is great. I would put in like $5, sometimes a couple dollars, whatever. And if you didn't plan, and it wasn't your day, you couldn't get gas until the next day. There are a lot of people alive today that's inconceivable to you. So right now, the pain has been at the pump, but there's been no supply problem. There is now beginning. And, you know, when it begins, we're always very, very early in telling you stuff that's going on. Auburn, Washington, for example, things are going on. People are already experiencing supply problems. But here's the kicker. A 76 station in Auburn, Washington, has already reprogrammed their pumps in order to be able to accept double digit pricing because they're not they're not programmed for that. The highest they can go is the the way it's set up is nine ninety nine point nine. They're reprogramming the pumps in order to be able to accept. Double-digit pricing. Now, why would you be setting the pump to be able to do double-digit pricing if you weren't of the belief that $10 and beyond is coming? And here's how it will come. We're probably going because of Joe Biden. And we have a crappy president that had the audacity last week to shut down leases uh, in Alaska and elsewhere, oil leases. That would would have been auctioned. We're going to have a shortage. It's coming. This is the whole Biden presidency. It's always reactionary, they do nothing proactive. So, you know the deal, you know the thing. You know the thing. If we have a supply shortage, the price goes up and it goes up precipitously. So, there's an expectation that $10 and beyond per gallon is coming. And let me tell you something. If we get to $10 a gallon in much of the country, people are going to be flipping out. Then you're talking about my friend that was $124. Double it. 248 hours to fill your tank. And if you took one long trip, you know, wherever you got to fill your car the next day, another two hundred forty-eight dollars. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Herr. How are you? This is Keith, your buddy from Northfield. Well, It's good to hear you. I am well. I am allergy ravaged, but I am I am well. I'm not complaining.
5: Okay, I'm tired. We I took my son, who's thirteen. To the American pastime, the races in Bridgeport, New Jersey. And what a great time. And he says to me, Dad, you know, if Biden has his way, these races won't be here anymore. And it was pretty sad.
2: Yeah. Think Think about youngsters having to think like that when they shouldn't even have a worry in the world, why would any any youngster even be thinking about that something won't be able to take place? Uh, It is is truly sad, isn't it?
5: Yes, it's horrible. Now, I have another statement. In the 90s, we had Joe Dirk.
2: Uh
5: Now, we have Joe Dirk. (laughs) D-E-R-P. I got you. Do some research. All right. It's foolishness and foolishness. I got you. I
2: hear you. <laughs> well, I will see you on uh, what June twenty fifth. June twenty fourth. Yeah, if you come on the twenty fifth, you'll be hearing all about it happening yesterday. Uh, <laughs> J- June twenty. Okay. Yeah, June twenty fourth. Friday, June twenty fourth. June twenty fourth. Limwood Country Club. All right, I have to get. I have to get my friend Rob off the Schneid. He's
5: going to sponsor a hole this year. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate it.
2: Let me know. All right. Have a great day, Harry. You too, Keith. Be well. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. I have to get this last break in. I don't want to keep people holding, but just let me get the break in. Then we'll be uninterrupted until the top of the hour, and you will be the next caller. We're coming back in just a few minutes. This is the Hurley in the Morning program, just a little tiny part of South Jersey's number one talk station, WPG Talk Radio, 95.5. And you made that happen. We'll be back. 609-407-1450. Phone lines are open. Jim Alamut coming up in about 15 minutes. We have Senator Vince Palestina from 935 until Brian Kilmeade. That's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I will certainly be complimenting the senator on a great... You think about making things happen, getting things done. Having Will Reynolds as the prosecutor of Atlanta County in favor of some stranger from far away. What a, I think, what a huge accomplishment, and especially when the, the appointing authority is of the opposite political party. That's called relationship building, collegiality, uh, playing well with others, all the things that were, were on your grade school report cards. If you played well with others, very good chance you're a success. We'll be back. Don't go away. Your calls continue in just a few minutes. You'll be caller number two. Don't you go away. Hang in there. Don't go away. We have plenty of time to take at least a couple of calls when we come back.
0: It's Hurley in the morning, anytime, anywhere on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
2: I didn't do it to get your attention, but I knew I would get your attention. Oh, my gosh. I have been besieged with pictures of I've got, at least during the break, 10 different pictures of gas pumps. Now, I will tell you from my friend Manny, this is the Wawa gas pump from this morning, which means probably by the time I drive back to my home office. The price of five twenty nine point nine will probably be substantially more than that, because my corner store is not lower than a Wawa. And Manny, write me if this is a super Wawa. I guess it is because only the super Wawa has the gas station. So that's redundant. I don't I don't need that. It's self-evident. But this means it's going up again. But this doesn't even count what I'm talking about. If we get to the point right now, it's only been pain at the pump. And it's been bad. But there hasn't been a supply problem. If you throw into that a supply problem, I'm telling you, it's going to double. And it's not me saying it. Check out the piece that we put up. In the past half hour. So one friend writes me. A friend with an F-150 diesel. And a 44-gallon expedition. Filled the expedition. And it cost him $280. Come on. It's like a car payment. For one tank of gas. I'm telling you. what What is the thing... Um, you throw away printers now. You don't even fix them because the uh, the cartridges are more expensive than the printer. This is insane. Let me go to one more, and then we'll get back to your calls. This is from another friend, Joseph. Just paid one hundred and thirty-six dollars and sixty-nine cents for my work truck, Chevy three fifty. regular gasoline. This says 3,500, but I think he means 350. Tell me if if I'm wrong or if I'm right. Um, 136.69. Beautiful. Now, I will tell you, it's more now than on this one occasion. And I've done something I typically don't do. I've been busy. So I usually fill my tank at half. It's just a little jujitsu mind Vulcan mind meld thing that I do. Oh, it's not so bad. I filled my tank. Half a tank. But I did get close. I was 90 some dollars. But now I know. I'm not going to be 124, I don't think, because I do have a quarter of a tank. But I'm going over $100 today. Now you think about how debilitating that is and it's disproportionately a problem for low and middle wage earners in America. Oh, this is just it's so it's and it's all so unnecessary. Welcome to Hurley in the morning you're on the air.
11: Good morning, Harry. Harry, uh I was just speaking to some truckers. I've got friends who live in the Carolinas that are long haul truckers. They work out of the POE's mostly Norfolk, Charleston, Savannah, and down in Florida. They don't come up here anymore. And the one fellow I was talking to had just left Plant City, Florida, topped his truck off with diesel fuel in in Florida to where not too long ago it would be like $300 to $350 to top off the tanks in the truck. Eight hundred dollars plus to top off his truck to start to bring to bring produce right so
2: eric you know what this means uh you probably have seen it uh we saw it when we were in disney world uh last week um the temporary surcharge you'll see a temporary fuel surcharge it'll be on your bill Uh, everything's going to keep going up so substantially Because of this, because they have to pass that cost on. And I mean, we have a president that has and it has to be on purpose. You can't be this incompetent. Whatever reason, either they want to make America socialist. So they're going to destroy the country so that the only thing left will be the government taking care of everyone. And that, as you know, then we're Venezuela will be eating the Philadelphia Zoo and the Cape May Zoo before you know it. Uh, Eric, this is this is one of the most dangerous times in american history and i don't believe many americans even realize how dangerous
11: well what, harry what's what's happening that uh, uh, the truckers were telling me about the government now is going through the epa and they're putting pressure on the refiners to uh, they're trying to put in some other other regulations and it deliberately uh, is going to cause a shortage in these, especially diesel fuel. And they are targeting specifically the east and northeast here to uh, to create actual shortages.
2: Yeah, well, I, I believe that it takes me a lot. I want to always give people the benefit of the doubt. I, I, I believe it's a weakness and I have to work on it. Uh, but I always give, I believe to be perceived as fair, you have to be more than fair. And I always give the benefit of the doubt. I didn't want to believe that they're doing this stuff on purpose, but I'm I'm even now almost, almost there, Eric, that they created the baby formula shortage on purpose. And I know that that is like, well, no, come on. The midterm elections are coming. You're going to get moms, mad and dads. I mean, who would do this? If you shut down 40% of, of the the capacity to make the product for months and months and months now all of a sudden out of nowhere oh yeah yeah you can you can open up again oh really this has to be on purpose
11: and, and not only harry the increase that they are deliberately doing on the, the fuel but the toll increases Yes. one fellow told me that when they had a the toll increase here in new jersey the run from the Memorial Bridge to the POE in in North Jersey to drop off or pick up increased one way was over $130 in tolls. Oh,
2: this is nuts. Eric, I owe you more time next time, but I promised we were going to get a second call in, so I've got to jump, my friend. Let me get the next caller on. Caller, your mic is on. Just give me one second. And with the person that has my cell phone, but your name is not in my phone— that sent me the Galloway, Jimmy Leeds and Pitney Road gas station. Text me your name so I can put you in my phone uh, because I don't know who you are by this phone number. I may very well know who you are, but text me your name so I can put you in my phone. You obviously have my private cell phone. Uh, this is astounding. 475 and remember, it's always .9 four seventy five for regular, five nineteen for plus, five twenty nine for premium, five thirty five, just like what Mario sent me. So this is the new deal. This is where they're all going to five thirty five. I'm gonna be paying five thirty five point nine in about three hours. I know it. I'll let you know tomorrow what that cost, but it's gonna be a hundred and some dollars. Wow. Incredible. And what a bargain, this person with their 13 gallons at $62.01. Oh, did you get a good deal. Caller, you're on the air. Go.
1: Yesterday, Harry, good morning. I purchased $60 worth of regular gasoline at North Cape May Wawa. When I looked at my credit card, which was Discover card, they put a pending charge of one hundred and twenty five dollars on the card there's nothing else on that card and by the way you said you purchased
2: 60 gallons or 60 dollars you purchased 60 gallons of regular gasoline no, no sir 60 dollars okay you said gallons but i am just proving i'm listening so you purchased 60 dollars but they put a hundred dollar 125 dollar hold on your account Pending hold.
1: Pending hold on my Discover card. So I asked uh, the uh, Discover card people why they did that, and they say, well, they have to guarantee payment. Uh, typically on Discover card, you get a dollar processing, dollar pending charge. Oh, yeah,
8: yeah. I, got, yeah. I,
1: I have the card, now, yeah. However, what, this hap- what happens here, Harry, is that it depletes the amount of available credit that you have. Now, it's not going to affect me. It's not going to affect you. It's not going to affect a lot of people. But, again, people that are on a shoestring and don't have the available credit on their credit cards or, God forbid, they use a debit card, that's a bounce fee, right? Stephen,
2: I hear you loud and clear. Right. If you have a $300 credit card and they have put $125. And, by the way, to guarantee you're going to get paid, why do they got to more than double the amount that's the whole.
0: Atlantic City, WENJHD3, Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Steven and I. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground. To the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to
1: congratulate my friend, Harry
0: Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It
2: is approaching seven minutes past the hour, and it is the Green Tree Mortgage radio program starring Jim Jim Alamut and the Malama team, the official, the exclusive mortgage professionals for the Hurley in the Morning program. Jim, welcome to your program.
4: Thank you, Harry. Always, always great to be here. Um, you know, it's been a slower times in mortgages. I kind of hinted at, hinted at it last month and I saw your article here waiting for me today. You know, things did slow down a little bit last month, it felt like. And, um, you know, I, I think everything in mortgage world is kind of 30 days out. So, you know, last month I could feel the slowdown and this month I can see it in the volume. You know, our volume for May will probably be 25% lower than April and March, which is not normal. Um, and I think it's a combination of things. You know, rates have obviously jumped up quickly in the last couple months. There's not a lot of inventory out there. And I think buyers kind of took like a breath of air and kind of like wanted to see where things were going to go. Um, there was also spring break in April, you know, a good week where everybody's away and and nobody's looking at houses. Um, so I think April, people kind of took a break from housing for a second and wanted to see where things would go in May, if if rates would infect the prices, if people, if sellers would start lowering them or not.
2: That hasn't happened though, has it?
4: it, It's a mixed bag, I would say, Harry. I think if, if people are pricing it right, they're getting strong demand and selling quickly. And if you're overpriced. You're overpriced and, and, and you know it. And I, I think there's, there's um, less, a, a little less buyers today than there may have been last year at this time. But overall, there's still such a large demand for housing still that you know, I, I can see June's numbers are, are going to be really strong.
2: Well, you got to look at it this way. If last year and this number is not real, I'm just throwing it out as an analogy. If you had 10, 20 people – Making an offer on every home that was for sale, and now it's half that. It's still a ton. It's still,
4: exactly. And again, I think now it, it, things are just starting to normalize a little bit. You know, it's it's not going to happen overnight. And we, we've talked about this, you know, for the last year, but I, I think, you know, it, we've always said rates going up is going to be the start of it. And, and that's what's happened here. You know, rates yeah. went up in the last few months. And the Fed Chair is
2: relentlessly just saying that he's going to keep doing it. Until this inflation is brought in check, right? And that's going to take time. Exactly, it doesn't
4: happen overnight. You know, same thing with housing; it's not going to correct itself overnight. So, what
2: is right now thirty-year mortgage?
4: Right now, we're about 5.375 wow. as of yesterday.
2: Um, Happened quick, didn't it?
4: It did. And you know, I, I'm hopeful that it finally levels out here. You know, the last thirty days, they haven't really gone up that much. They've kind of sat here at this in, in this range, which is which is starting to. Um, benefit, you know, I think that's what people wanted to see. People didn't want to, people don't want to put an offer in for a mortgage or a house and then a week later the rate's up a half a percent. You know, that's not fun. And, um, so I think the market normalizing on, on rates itself is the start of people getting confidence again. Okay, well, at least I know when I put an offer in today, that's what my payment's going to be next week. Is and now the name of the
2: game you
4: lock in? Yeah, man we're locking in right away on on most applications. And um, it, it's just I, I, we give people the option, obviously. And, and most people see where things are right now and, and want to lock in because they're scared of where things are going. But it's a, it's always a tough decision because – you know 2 weeks from now the market could always come down it's gone up so much you know the oil uh, let's say ukraine war ends tomorrow you know rates will come down that that is my prediction because really? oil prices will come down okay i, I think oil prices that, that'll be the start of oil prices starting to shift down a little bit um, but I, I don't think the Ukraine war is ending tomorrow, Harry. You no. know, that's that's the whole thing.
2: Are oh, there so, people talking about a year or more than a yeah, year? I, I, I couldn't tell you
4: that one. So I, that that's the to me, that's the start the of
2: danger, too, is if that's turns into some protracted thing. Nobody's really talking about that anymore. Notice it's yeah. it's ripped off the the front page and not leading all the newscasts like it was. That could go on. They're saying for quite a while.
4: Exactly. So it, we'll see where that goes. The oil prices. I, I do think that that's a huge thing in the oil world right now. But um, we'll see. You know, I, I, end of the day, the markets. You can't control them with one little thing. There's there's so many different aspects as as to why prices are what they are. Housing, especially and um it's been a again we were slowing down definitely in april and i can, in the last couple of weeks harry it's picking back up yeah. you know that's why i don't want people to think oh housing's dead right now we june is going to be strong you know i can already see the contracts pouring in right now for 30 days from now and um again i think there's just you know there was this there was this pause in april people you know got frustrated and saw how quickly rates went up and were like, you know what? Let me, let me take a break. Let me go on spring break. Yeah. Let me come back from spring break. There was see. also,
2: Jim, a convergence of a lot of bad stuff all at one time. Of course, yeah. I mean, the gas price is going bananas. And I, have, I wrote a piece yesterday about it, not just paying at the pump, but I listed about 10 or 15 things from uh, purchasing a used car to the cost of a gallon of gasoline to the cost of milk, chicken, steak, you name it. I mean, you can't get baby formula in in our country. I mean, right? It, do you do you have the feeling? I, I say this with no pride, no no joy. I just have the feeling like our country is broken right now. Like it doesn't work anymore. Um, I, I
4: I do think that. I think the supply chains are broken, and and COVID kind of started all that, and we're we're dealing. We're kind of just reeling from it all still. And um, you know these. The, the pandemic effects but if you take had, time. If you had
2: something broken in your space, you wouldn't be talking about it two years later like it just happened five minutes ago. They, they, they. If your job is to fix the supply chain, then damn it, you fix the supply chain.
4: I, I, I get it, but it's 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 not that easy because it's just there's so many different facets. You know, like for example, let's talk about China. You know, China. We, we can't did. control China shutting down three hundred yep. million people. I heard uncle Chuck talking about it yesterday. Yeah. I mean, that's a, an entire United States. Imagine if China was open right now, Harry. The demand for oil would be higher, and prices would be even higher. So we, that's something that I haven't heard one person talk about. But you know, it's it's that's going to happen, and and oil prices probably will go up because um, I heard you talking about it a lot the last hour. And um, you know, we we can't, we can't control those things like that. Um, But it, it, there's definitely a lot of broken right now. And, and it's uh, frustrating as a, as somebody who, who sees it. But at, at the same time, you know, we're dealing with the inflation right now. So I, I kind of always circle back to COVID, you know, where it always started. We, we inflated everything. And, you know, we, we knew we were going to get here at some point. It's just now we're dealing with those repercussions. It's
2: weird, though, how great the country was doing during the pandemic, actually, Now, if you lost your job, I'm not speaking uh, as a collective, but because there were businesses that got hurt very bad and things like that. But the country roared back during a pandemic. It was artificial. Now we're out of the pandemic, allegedly, from pandemic to endemic, and everything appears to be broken. As we go to the break, and I, I want you to take a look at this. I sent a copy of it to Jim. I wrote a piece about the potential for actual gasoline shortages. If we get to the point right now, it's pain at the pump and it hurts. And when you're putting a hundred or some dollars in your car, it's surreal and you can't believe it and you can't stand it, but at least you can get what you need. If this actually disintegrated to the point where it was like the 1970s and you can't get gas. And when you can, it's $10. I think the country is going to flip out. If we, if we have anything like that, Check out the piece. It's fair. It's balanced. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not saying $10 is here yet, but the shortages are happening. And we have it documented if you check that piece out on the app, on the website. We'll be back with Jim Malamut. Oh, and uh, a reminder for all of your mortgage needs. Jim and the Malamut team are the official, the exclusive mortgage professionals for the early in the Morning program, mortgage loans, overall mortgage planning, they do it all. Obviously, they did a ton of refinancing for a number of years. Refinancing, not so much right now. Not right? so
4: much. Slow.
2: Because if you didn't do it by now, you're not doing it now. Unless you get some money out, yeah. that's, people have equity. That's right. Cash cash out. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jim Alamut, 609-646-5555. With Jim. I am.
0: Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
2: We are back. Jim Alama continues. We're having a discussion about uh, the mortgage industry and all of that. What, what would you say right now is the state of your industry?
4: Well, Harry, you know, like you were kind of saying before about the $10 oil and um, how that's going to affect things. Hope
2: that doesn't happen.
4: I, you know, if, if it came to, let's say, that happening, I think, you know, we're obviously going to be in a recession at that point. And um, you'll see a significant slowdown um, in
2: everything. And- I mean, how long do you think people – got to think about this. For many, many people listening right now, going to the gas pump and paying $100 in some cases, one of our listeners paid two hundred and seventy-eight dollars or whatever it was. I mean, this is this is obscene. It is, and you know, like I said, if it
4: doubles, that will have a significant impact on the economy. You will see a slowdown in everything, and um, a significant sell-off in the stock market. I would assume. So, now,
2: I'll tell you what: I haven't yet started to think like so strategic, like. Well, I'm not even going out. I don't have to do that. I'll do that another time. I'm just wondering, when do you get to the point where it's going to ripple and affect so many different things? Because if you don't take the car out and go to the restaurant or go to the to the store or go here or go there, you're affecting the the whole Absolutely. chain of events. But it's got to get to the point where people say, man, I, I mean, you, you have to, like, think, all right, well, I'll go to the dry cleaners and I'll go to the food store and I'll you, – like, you, you. I think people are going to have to get very conservative and strategic.
4: If it continues, I, I I agree. You know, I think at this point we're not breaking the bank yet and we're not killing everyone too much where they're not – Again, they're, they're not making decisions on their life based on this yet. I think some um, people are, though.
2: They might be. You know, again, the lower end might be. If you be, make $20,000 a year and you go to the gas station, you can't even think about putting $100. So you're right. getting $20 or something, and you've got to go back the next day or the day after. It's
4: terrible you're, you're right and then someone like that might be putting 20 bucks in every time they go to the tank hey? yeah that just might be the way they live their life but I, they it, have to exactly but it, at the end of the day it has you know that 20 bucks gets them less it's, it's a tax on everybody like i heard uncle chuck say yesterday and i mean that'd be um, like four
2: gallons or something
4: yeah it's insane it it, it it hurts everyone um and you know in terms of housing i i do think there would be a significant slowdown. Um, again, I think this will, that would normalize things more. Uh, the more inventory that comes back into housing, the more normal it gets for the market. You know, Right now, it's still such a seller's market. Even yeah. though I'm, I'm telling you things are slowing down, it doesn't mean buyers have any control yet. Jim, you know, one of still- the last
2: things I did last night in preparation for your show was I read an article that was titled – I'm paraphrasing it, but it's almost exact. I've almost committed it to memory. Something along the lines of if – you're looking to sell your home and you've been waiting. Now is the time. Do you feel that? I, I do. You know, like it's like the all, top, the peak and it's coming. I don't, I don't think it's
4: the top of the peak. I just think, you know, if you want to sell your house, it's a great time to sell, you know, because there's tons of demand. And but at the same time, it's all relative. Like, where are you going? You know, are you going to go buy somewhere else? Do you have another house to live somewhere? Um, you know, if you're going to buy somewhere, you're also buying at the, at a high time and, and you're going to see that there's going to be a ton of demand and other people want to buy the same house as you probably. So it's, uh, it, it's that conundrum. It's that circle we've talked about. You kind of go in a circle, what's the best thing to do. And end of the day, you have to do what makes the most sense for your family, for your future. Um, and, and what makes sense for you going forward. And, um, it was easier to make that decision when rates were two and a half, three percent, than they are when they're five point two five. So that's what we're seeing now is just a little bit of less demand than a couple months ago, a year ago. But it's still so little inventory that this demand is overall pushing prices up. You know, we can do our Zillow check right now, like we do every um, month. We'll do it, thank um, you. Thank um, yeah, I always got to remember our, our Zillow check. So um, we'll give them our, our, our plug without getting paid for it, but. I'm I'm pretty sure I checked last night and I was up about one and a half percent month over month on Zillow, which is still up. You know, and that's where I'm kind of going with this, Harry, is that the prices are still going up overall. It's just they're going up at a much slower pace than they were previously. And we're not going to see. What's that one, say? One point. Yeah, exactly. One point one percent up again. Yeah. So I mean, we, we've been going up for two years now.
2: Yeah. We have you know, done at, this at every significant month. Significant percentages. For two years. And it's always
4: been green. Right. And I guess we're, we're not talking 0.1%. No. These are significant oh, yeah. percentages. So, yeah. you know, that
2: the, 1.1 is thousands of dollars.
4: Exactly. So, you know, there are, I want to say good problems with inflation. But at the same time, our housing, you know, you have more equity as a result, too, from these things. So, you know, there, there are some benefits to inflation. But at the same time, we don't want that. You know, we don't want overinflation where we're at right now. Um, but I'm just want to you know kind of just just remember that housing does benefit from these things sometimes a little bit um, in terms of how much equity you have. So,
2: are you seeing evidence that people that would have qualified a few months ago can't qualify now?
4: Um, a little bit, yeah. You know, because for example, if you're borrowing two hundred fifty thousand dollars, your payment goes up almost three hundred bucks from where it was before and um you know 300 bucks doesn't always swing things too much but, it, but it, it, can. it it can you know and we have plenty of people that go to the maximum of what they can do for whatever reason um and, and it, it can swing what how much they can pre-approve for how much they can um get a house for
2: i'll say a good thing they don't go in and look at what this um Runaway inflation, and that's not hyperbole. That's what this is. That's the definition. That's what this is called. And they're actually talking about stagflation. But right now, runaway inflation, if you started adding six to $10,000 a year in additional costs, you could, you could hurt a lot of people right out of qualifying. But they're not counting that.
4: They don't. Um, You know, the the way we qualify borrowers is still based on your what's on your credit report and, you know, the monthly payment for the house. And um, thankfully, we haven't changed any rules there. Um, But again, you know, your payment is up compared to three months ago. You're paying significantly more than you would have. Um, But overall, I'm still getting plenty of calls, Harry, you know, I, I still in the last, I uh, I went away Friday to Monday, you know, we were supposed to meet Friday and I had to cancel on you yes. the last second. It's okay. So, but I, um, I
2: canceled on you. I know. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah.
4: <laughs> um, when I went away, anytime I go away. It just automatically means we're going to get more busy. It doesn't matter it what, what time of the year it is. If I go away on vacation, all of a sudden we get busy and on Friday I left and Monday I got back and I swear to you, Harry, I got five contracts from Friday to Monday. Wow. And I haven't gotten five contracts from a Friday to Monday since probably last August. So this is the new you strategy. Know? You
2: just got to go away.
4: Exactly. So create business. I, I, when I go away, it just leads. Your to dad live. would be so proud. Yeah. But, dad um, i got to go away. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so, making it happen. But, um, you know, it, it, things are picking up again is, is where I'm going with. I, I think things that we're going to have a strong summer in housing. It's just, you know, volume overall is not where it's going to be a year ago for us because the refinances are dead. You know, they're really just not getting the phone calls for refinances because rates are – if you were smart and, and had a brain, you refinanced in the last two years when we told you to.
2: And uh, and this is not spin. I say this, you know, because I remember what I paid uh, and it was, it was horrific. Five and a quarter or whatever number you said, uh, that is incredibly low if you look historically. Of course. That's a good rate. Exactly. That is not a bad rate. Just when it was three, it was even under three at one point oh, for a long time. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, so it's double or more than it was at one point and not too distant past. But from a historical standpoint, five percent is not bad.
4: Absolutely. And that's why, you know, we're still having plenty of phone calls. You know, people are still interested in buying housing. It's still better than renting. It's still probably comparable price wise. You know, I did a um, what? Side by side comparison of, of what would be the monthly payment on a rent versus own right now, and for the last two years, owning was like significantly cheaper. You know, yes. your monthly payment was less. Um, right now, it's kind of catching up because rates have gone up so fast. But at the same time, we're not talking about the tax benefits and the, and the interest write offs and stuff like that. But your monthly payments are comparable now.
2: And do that you, do you think? And let's chew this over after the bottom of the hour break with Jim Alamut, Do you think? that we have now lived through the lowest interest rates that we will ever see again for the rest of our lives. When we come back, we'll talk about that. We're visiting with Jim Malamut from Green Tree Mortgage, the official, the exclusive mortgage expert, mortgage professional for the Hurley in the Morning program. Jim and his team are at 3153 Fire Road, Suite 1B, Egg Harbor Township, 609-646-5500. to make an appointment. If I've inspired you to call, please take an extra second there and tell Jim that. With Jim Malamut, I am Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you, and we know it.
6: This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network.
2: And it is Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Former Atlantic County Prosecutor Damon Tyner unloads on the press of Atlantic City. It's our exclusive. We have it on your app. Pain at the Pump, and I have Pain at the Pump Part 2. Check it out. And Atlantic and Cape May Counties, believe it or not, the CDC, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, says that Atlantic and Cape May Counties are listed as high for COVID.
7: From the Town Square New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Today's humidity even lower and more comfortable than yesterday. Daytime hours look great, although tonight does look wet. Early sunshine, then increasing clouds this afternoon, high temperature 71 degrees. Showers may creep in after sunset, steadier rain after midnight, low temperature 58. Rain exits by mid morning tomorrow, then clearing skies. Mild and breezy, high 78. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today.
0: Walk the red carpet to Mayor Marty... Sp- Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio ninety-five point five. We're back, it's Jim
2: Alamut. It's the Green Tree Mortgage Jim Alamut radio program, typically on the second Wednesday of every month. And I was away second Wednesday, and then Jim had an issue with his flight. So here we are today, and I'm happy that we're doing it. And I don't even know, is is today the third Wednesday? Third Wednesday, Wednesday, yep. I don't even I'm telling you. Between (laughs) this tree pollen and everything that's going on i don't know what day it is but i know you're here and i'm happy about it uh so i have something i want to talk to you about but you have a personal item first sure well my i'm very proud to announce that my,
4: my grandmother uh, martha moskowitz is a, a f- official hall of famer she was always a hall of famer to me but now she's being recognized by the women's hall of fame here in atlanta county and we're very proud of her and love her very much so you know kudos to her for all of her hard work and You know, I wouldn't be here today without her. So um, thank you, Grammy, for all you do.
2: Awesome. Awesome uh, news. Congratulations. To the question that we teased right before the break, did we, I mean, this would require you to be Nostradamus, so it's just for fun. Sure. Did we hit the lowest interest rates that we will ever see again in our lifetime? Um, I, probably. See, if I had to bet. If you and I'm not a betting man, as you know, and I know you're not a betting man. <laughs> uh, if if I had to bet, I'd have to bet that we saw the lowest we'll ever see.
4: I I would probably bet on it, but I, there's so much that can happen, and you know we we saw we lived through a pandemic now, and uh, it is true. You know we, we could see and there, there's just I I could just see something happening, Harry, where where it's like you know. Things were actually good, you know. We we actually had a good pen. You know, like the, the things actually came back pretty good. Yes. Like like imagine if things, you know. Like right now we're dealing with inflation, but like imagine if we didn't recover and didn't have a strong job market. Well, you I, know. Listen,
2: there were people uh, in the financial services industry that said it would take ten years. Right. So I just and it some, happened like
4: that. Something's going to happen again, Harry. I, I I don't know when it's going to be. You know, World War Three. So or sub some, something's going to happen.
2: Thirty year mortgage sub three percent. Do you say yes or no that it will ever happen again?
4: I'll say yes. In my next thirty years of hopefully living, I'm gonna say yes. Okay. But I, I can't tell you when, five years, ten years. You know, I, I have people from last year who told me they're gonna wait till this year for housing prices to come down and, and that, that didn't happen. You know, people it's so hard to predict the future, but I do think at some point rates will come down again when there's some kind of major catastrophe in this world that I can't tell you when it's gonna be right now. Um, that happens, and we're gonna need to, you know, inflate things again, grow things back, and, and that's what happens. So I, I just can't tell you when that'll happen, but I'll bet on it. We'll we'll, we'll throw you know hundred bucks on, on less than that'd be 3%. a long term bet. Yeah, yeah, less than three we'll percent in like, the next ten years, thirty, whatever. You want it to call it. But I, I do think it'll happen. I just couldn't tell you when it'll happen.
2: All right, I got an idea. I got an idea. I think you're gonna like this All right. because there's nobody gets hurt here because I'd love to go have dinner with you anyhow. I say for the next 10 years, so I don't get paid for 10 years, Sure. the next 10 years from today, that we are not under 3% for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. And if I am correct, then we will have dinner at Capriccio Italian Restaurant at Resorts, because it will still be there, it'll still be number one, uh, and you will pay. If it does happen, well then, It can happen before 10 years. Sure. I pay at the point in time that it happens. 2032.
4: You You got it. Okay, I'll I'll put it in my phone. Memorial Day 2032. Um, But I I, I do think something will happen in the next 10 years. It's just I couldn't tell you what it will be, when it will be terrorist attack. You know, there's just something that will happen that um, will eventually get rates back down again is my prediction. It's just you, you can't wait for that to buy a house. You know, is kind of where I'm going with it is that I have people that actually think, you know, I'm going to wait till rates come down or when prices come down. And and that's foolish thinking.
2: Well, look, um, every Tuesday morning, as you know, in the eight o'clock hour, we talk with Chuck Malamut all about financial matters. We've been doing it for 31 years. And Chuck always says you can't time the market. It's about spending right. time in the market. You can't time this either. You can't time buying a house and, and the exact bottom. You, you can try. You
4: can think you can. And, you know, when, when you look back a couple years later, you know, that's when you can really judge it. But when you're in that moment, you really never know. And, um, you know, it should be more about your needs, you know, where you, you need somewhere to live. And it makes more sense to own than to, to rent because your value is going to yeah. go up.
2: Here's the other thing, too. And I think I think you might agree with this. And if you don't, please, you're the expert. Correct me. But, I know that there was a substantial downturn with the financial collapse. It was extraordinary around 2008-ish. So that would be an exception. But I think all those people, if they didn't sell and drop the keys and run and take a beating, uh, they came back as well. I can't think of a time and, – and I always think about like real estate. I don't even mean just from an investor standpoint if you want to be a landlord and have you know rental properties and things – your home is where you live and your, your wife or your husband, your kids, and all of that. And it's an appreciating asset that except for that one time, and I'm sure maybe the Great Depression you know, as well, but, other than, but it always recovers. It, it is always going to be worth more. It, I know what we paid in 1996 yeah. for the Ponderosa, and I know what I could sell it for right now it's um three you know, times at least
4: to me housing is, is your best way where you can leverage you know you you, you let's say you know comparison here if you take $50,000 and put it in the stock market and you buy Amazon and it doubles you know you've made $50,000 but if you put $50,000 into a house and you bought it for let's call it 300,000 and that doubles you know now you've made 300,000 And and to me, that's what housing. You know, the the best part of it is that you get to leverage your money, and truly see those kind of gains. Where, um, you know, it it takes a lot of um, patience um, with the stock market to to see that kind of return. And um, you know, it it just that that's why housing has been so strong, and, and people want to be in it. And you know, there's such great reasons. And, and I'm very lucky to work in that industry, um, but I, I truly believe in it, and, and that's why I own multiple investment properties. Because I truly, it's, I, I don't just say it because I, you know, I, I work and I, I truly believe in, in these kinds of returns. Um, and I've seen what they've done for me, myself, and other people. So, you know, I, I just believe housing the way you you can leverage your money more with with a house, and and your returns better than anything else in in the world in, in terms of what kind of investments you can make. Um, it's just right now you can't buy a house. You know, there's <laughs> in, in Linwood, there's like 20 houses for sale. You know, it's it's that then that's everywhere in the country. Um, so it's just not easy, that, and that's why there's such strong demand because people see these kind of returns. You know, they know that I can get a better return with the house than I can with the stock market or, or, or somewhere else. So that demand to me isn't going away anytime soon. Um, so you're very bullish on real estate. I'm still bullish, but you know, again, Ty, we've talked about this for. A but you're year. sober about it. Exactly, we talked a year. I said, what, what's going to start changing housing? And I told you, if rates go up to six percent, all of a sudden demand's going to go down, and yeah. and we're at five point two five. you know, so demand is with less.
2: the next Fed uh, meeting promising 50 more basis points so then rates are going to go up another quarter of a point half a point whatever all the fed stuff's
4: already priced in you would hope it's just how aggressive do they get do they you know does it go into next year um you know the 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 market the 10 year i think already has priced in you know um hikes through the end of this year and maybe into next year it's just how much further do they go does inflation keep growing at the pace it's been growing you know the last couple months or does it finally subside and we've reached a peak um, so I'm hopeful that the 10-year yield doesn't go to 3%. I've heard Uncle Chuck kind of say that. I, that would, that would uh, slow things down in housing a little bit more. Um, but to me, the, the biggest thing is just you know, there, there's still no inventory. And, and I don't, you don't, this, this inventory issue is, is a separate thing than the rates. Yeah. You know I don't, I don't know how we fix the inventory issue.
2: Jim, we're going to go to break. We're going to be right back. Jim Malamut, 609-646-5555. Don't go
6: away. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. From the world's playground, this is Hurley
0: in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
2: We are back. It is 53 minutes past the hour. Uh, exciting morning here on the Hurley in the Morning program with Jim Allamut, uh talking about uh, the mortgage industry, about rates, about everything. Uh, but I think the bottom line is... It's still a great time to get started, isn't it? It's still a great
4: time, and um you know it's just it's tough for people so there's not a lot of inventory that that's the problem we hear from from most realtors from most buyers is that they're, they're trying to find houses for their buyers and they can't and then the buyers are sitting there and they're getting frustrated the rates are going up and they want to lock in, but they can't lock in because they don't have a house um so it's just you know it, it's not as easy to be a buyer as it once was um but it's still a great time. I still recommend buying a house over renting. You know, I, people that say they're gonna go wait it out, I think are crazy. But um, I don't tell them that to their face. <laughs> so it's just, you know, I, I just people have their own reasons for doing things in life. I just think, you know, there's there's no reason still to wait on buying a house. You know, there, there's, that's still um, the best investment you can make, and you know, the best returns you can get going forward, and you can leverage your money. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing a, a strong demand right now for the summer, um, but it is definitely less than before, Harry. You know, compared to a year ago, um, we're definitely lower, you know, even um, compared to two years ago, I would say it's comparable. I know, I know it's what the casinos are doing right now. They go to they kind of look back to two years ago, pre-pandemic times, to see where uh, their numbers were. And, and our numbers are about the same as, as pre-pandemic times right now. So, um, and interest rates right now, again, are about 5.25% on a conventional 30 year fixed rate with like a seven plus credit score. Um, so give us a call. A lot of people have equity too, Harry, you know, right now, um, people
2: have a lot of equity in some cases, uh,
4: the, the people that are sitting home that are getting frustrated and they're is saying, you know, cash what,
2: refi, is that what that is? Exactly.
4: I was kind of go there next is that there, there's people sitting home that they're not going anywhere. And they have all this equity now sitting in their house and they want to tap into it to do repairs and and yeah they might be at three and a half percent and they have to pay the extra rate the you know the higher interest rate to get the money out but um it's better than going and borrowing, borrowing a credit card at thirty percent um so you know we do get you know some calls for the cash out refis it's just significantly less than it used to be um and and of course that makes sense where based on where interest rates are um I, the one thing I wanted to say is, is you know, my, one of my favorite topics are condos, and um, in uh, we've, we've had a good success with condos. It's in recent times, um, you know, we, we always have to get a condo questionnaire filled out, and the questionnaire has certain implications that um, the H association doesn't want to fill out nowadays, according to the rules we have to get them to fill every all the questions out and they don't like to answer the questions about when the last time it was inspected were there any issues with maintenance um so that's always fun having to deal with these associations to try to get them to answer these things um but overall you know condos i, I think aren't getting hurt so much just because there's such strong demand for them you know they're the lower price typically um there's there's a lot of buyers looking for houses or, or excuse me, for, co- for anything to live for less than 200000 right now. And if, if you look in Atlanta County, there are not many houses for um, under 200000 you know, mostly condos. Um, you know, you might get small pockets in certain towns for less than 200000 but very rare. And um, that has led to, you know, condo prices going up just because people need somewhere to live they yeah. it still makes sense to own versus rent by the way um, is that whole
2: paperwork form and all that settling down
4: it's not settling down it's, you know we still have to get the questions answered but i think now these people have answered them you know it's not the first time they've answered the the form hopefully you know this is it, it's been month 5 now of this so um but i, I had one yesterday where locally they they did they 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 put unknown for the last time the inspection was done or or if if any maintenance was was asked for the the answer was unknown um so it's just you know these are the kind of things we deal with we have to contact HOAs and get them to uh, correct the the answers um in order to get to closing and um you know you don't you don't have that kind of risk with a house and that's kind of where I'm going with it you know that's condo rates are um higher than single family house rates because there's more risk. Um and, and just that I just want people to understand that with condos there are more risk than a house. And that's why I prefer a house compared compared to a condo. Um but end of the day, the condo prices are still going up. So I I wouldn't say not to buy one by any means. It's just they're they're a little bit more risky.
2: I I will never ever put you in the hater category. But I will say that you were strong dislike. I, I'm not. I just maybe want, maybe, maybe that's not as strong dislike.
4: I think I just I'm a. Uh I, I want people to know there's more risk. Yeah, you know, that they're, they're just riskier, and you know the, I, I would buy a condo myself, but I if I had the option condo or house, I'm choosing the house because and you, it's you less do risky.
2: you do have to be ready though for special assessments. Anything can happen. Exactly. The special. There's, you just need so, a new there's room so many reasons. Whatever. You know. A there's, lot of things.
4: There's multiple reasons. Layers of why condos are more risky, and that's why I, I stick away from them myself.
2: As always, your show has flown by. Final minute closing comment. Um.
4: Oh man, Harry. You know it's summertime. So I, I just want everybody to have a good summer. Thanks for always having me here. You know, next month, um, my grandma will be in the Hall of Fame. So I'm just very proud of her for that. And um, you know, that's all I got for, for today. I got a shout out my daughter. She's just, she's hopefully listening on her way to like dance class or something right now. So shout out to my daughter Lila for listening. I love you and my, and my family. My son Max, hopefully too um you know that's always most important Fa- Families number one harry as, as we, yep. we see right now so take care
2: of that the business will take care of itself
4: exactly number one always take that like, what number one's always family number two you know is everything else i like your priorities so.
2: jim thank you uh for all of your mortgage needs turn to jim malamut 609-646-5555 and we'll be together even sooner because yeah. we met a week later. That's right. So I won't see you in four That's weeks. Right. I'll see you in three weeks.
4: Absolutely. I be look well, forward my friend. To it. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, good luck today.
2: And congratulations to your grandma.
4: Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate
2: All right. it. Take care. We'll be right back. Uh, you can play some bonus open forum and then Senator Paulusina.
0: WEGG Atlantic City, hd 3 Millville, a Town Square Media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground.
2: Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Senator Vince Palestina is going to be joining us in less than a half an hour and obviously a lot to catch up on with him, especially uh, on the heels of when you think about big decisions. First of all, it's a five year appointment. So you're talking about the type of stability in a very critical slot, as is the Atlanta County prosecutor and under the heading that elections have consequences and this is nothing against Vince Mazio but i can promise you had Vince Mazio become the senator we would have an out of town prosecutor by the name of Kim Holmes coming to atlanta county and again in the piece that we wrote for the app for the website no disrespect to her i know of her i don't know her nothing about that it's just we are much better served with a local in this position, than we would be with a stranger with a transplant. Doesn't rig the game. Uh, will Reynolds is an honorable man. He's an officer of the court. He's a he's a he's a great guy. Uh, but we will be much better served. And it's just always been that way. palestina and it was not easy. You know, every time we interviewed him, we would bring up where does the uh, issue of the Atlantic County Prosecutor stand. And incidentally, we did it in the piece, and I want to do it for a moment here. Uh, many thanks and just just a good guy, Carrie Schill. You know, when you're put in a position where you're the acting Atlantic County prosecutor or an acting prosecutor in any of the other 22 uh, counties, actually, uh, I'm thinking 23 municipalities, there's 21 counties, the other 20 counties. When you're in that role, you don't know if you're in that role for a day, a week, a month, a year. Uh, sometimes it turns even longer than that. If there is an agreement, it can go on for – it's it's happened for several years in some instances. Carrie Schill has done a fantastic job. So congratulations to you. And if you're listening, you're hearing it, and I'm sure someone will tell you uh, that we um, – spoke well of you because you served uh, with honor and distinction. You will continue to do so. You got to think about him, too. It's going to be different because being a deputy versus being the prosecutor and then going back uh, is never an easy thing either. So good job. And uh, you, you didn't mark time. You made a difference and it was noticed. And I know from the communication, we, we've been able to report on so many things, On the WPG Talk Radio app and at wpgtalkradio dot com, because of the great communication from the office, which I know, with Will Reynolds, you go look at Will Reynolds' pedigree. That this guy's a who's who in terms of local communities. Right now, he's still solicitor in Galloway and Ventnor. That's obviously going to change. He will not be, and he's been the either uh, the municipal prosecutor or the conflict. Prosecutor. If you don't know what that is, there are times where a case it could involve uh, an official within the community, and you can't hear the case in that jurisdiction. So you go to a conflict prosecutor, and and Will has done that very very well uh, in. And if you go to the article that we have on the app and at wpgtalkradio dot com, you will see all of that. That that is a story that I am very proud of because no one else had it for seven hours. The next source, and I, I tracked it because I was very interested in the fact that we had that story all alone for a full seven hours before another member of the media reported on it because they just didn't have our sources. They didn't have the the corroboration. We had it, and we, we had it in real time from the moment that Governor Murphy made the decision. That was a story I knew it was going to be – well, I shouldn't say I knew it was going to be Will Reynolds – because it could have been Kim Holmes, but I knew it would be one or the other. And that Senator Paul Steen, and he'll talk about this coming up in about 20, 25 minutes from now, uh, he was obviously working very, very hard for it to be Will Reynolds. The unique thing about this, and it's very unusual because we are living in the most political, uh unfortunate times in modern history, at least. Because never forget, sometimes people think, oh, my God, this is the meanest it's ever been. This country has been mean from its founding. It's been great, beautiful, kind, generous and outstanding. But at the same time, mean as a junkyard dog from the beginning. And I remind you of campaigns like Thomas Jefferson versus John Adams. They you think it's bad today. They wrote books. I think Jefferson wrote a book. He bound it and everything and published it. And distributed it everywhere. It was something like the unspeakable low character of John Adams. And they did it with... How do you put this? They did it with some style. With some flair. And they were great writers. Jefferson and Adams, probably the two greatest writers in the history of the Republic. No kidding about that. And according to Franklin... Adams says that Jefferson can write circles around him. But they wrote horrible things about one another. So they say politics ain't beanbag. It's not. But here is an occasion. This is kind of nice to have a little preamble to the interview that we'll do with Palestina. This is an occasion where Republicans and Democrats wanted will reynolds so look i know will reynolds i'm not surprised hold on one second i have to pick up the phone because there is an emergency that happened about 10 minutes before nine that i'm just not going to reveal hello speaking yeah i'm gonna have to call you right back i'm, I'm on i'm on air live thank you uh we're dealing with a um a family emergency at the moment and I had to pick that up in case it was uh, somebody that I had to speak with. But um, it's good to have this moment before Palestina on this because I can't remember the last time that Republicans and Democrats think about it on anything major. You could, you could agree on something, some nothing burger. When's the last time you can think locally, even nationally? I mean, they can't agree on aid to Ukraine. Rand Paul is holding that up. I'm not for it being unlimited. I mean, the the burn-through rate is is extraordinary right now, what's going on. We've already depleted half of our Javelin missiles. And, you know, there's a lot of things we have to, to calibrate and factor in. But we can't even agree on that kind of stuff. When's the last time you heard Democrats and Republicans agree? Maybe on Damon Tyner. Maybe. Which would be ironic because it would be the same position two times in a row. But I can't think of many times where Republicans and Democrats can agree on anything. And in fact, even when they do agree, they pretend that they don't. Because they just can't. They won't give an inch. They have to be adversarial. It's a, it's a it's a big it's a big problem. I'm. I'm. Look, I'm a lover and a fighter. I want to love first. I'll fight if I have to. And I'm not afraid to do either. But you got to agree on things that are unambiguous, that are in the public interest, because to be against something you're really for, and I'm not, I'm not putting this on any one side, the both sides do it. One side's in the majority and they're for something. The other side may have been in the majority uh, five minutes before that. They used to be for it. Now they're against it. And they'll even filibuster it. Wait a minute, you're filibustering? You would have passed it last time. Yeah, well, not this time. So I'm a big fan, and we wrote about this when we broke the news. I'm a big fan of the um, getting along when you can. Because then if there's a good fight that you have to have, You say, look, uh, I can't agree with you on this one. We just have a difference in philosophy of governance, and I'm going to fight you on this one. But on this, I agree with you. And why would I disagree with myself? Just so that I could publicly disagree with you. I would file that under dumb as it gets. Let me get the break in. And when we come back, you will join the program in just a few minutes. Hang in there. It is the Hurley in the morning program at 16 minutes past the hour on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station.
0: The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more, powered by ambient comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com.
6: Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
2: We're back at 21 minutes past the hour. Uh, Joining us after the bottom of the hour break uh, will be Senator Palestina. We'll get back to some of the things that we were talking about. If you want to join the program, phone lines are open at 609-407-1450. Hey, let me take a quick peek and see if they've counted any more votes in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Uh, When I made my prediction that Dr. Mehmet Oz would win the Senate Republican primary election over – McCormick I I felt that um that Barnett I knew she would be third I knew she would she definitely rose in the polls I knew that she would finish third though there were people that thought that there was a, a three person race but because she did take over 24% of the vote I mean when we signed on at 6 minutes past 6 the last update was at 4:45 a.m. this morning and, I mean, these numbers were as tight as it gets. 411,674, or 31.3% of the vote for Dr. Mehmet Oz. 409,002 votes, 31.1% for David McCormick. And then you had Kathy Barnett at 325,557. Very impressive. And she came out of nowhere. Uh, and she did. she was smart. She did all the right things after the election. She talked about coming together because she had initially said, and I don't blame her because she was running to win. She said, oh, no, I'm not supporting you know the winner if, if it's not me. I, I don't think she should have said that. But you don't want to act like, hey, I'm going to lose. So if somebody's asking you if you're going to support the winner, You, you know, the best answer would have been, yeah, I always support myself because I intend to win. And I, I, I will definitely – that's a really great question. Thank you for asking it. Yes, I will be supporting the winner. Uh, I like myself very much. I will be supporting myself. Thank you. I wouldn't have got into I won't support the winner because that that people factor that in. They're they're making decisions like, oh, that 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 was a little uh, off putting there with that. So if I were her life coach, I I would have uh, coached that one differently. But let me tell you. Considering some of the more recent things that she has done that would typically not be very popular in a Republican primary. And I'm just saying from a philosophy of governance standpoint, she did very, very well. I can't prove it, but I, I have the, the, the feeling that she pulled more from Mehmet Oz than she did from David McCormick. But I can't, if you said to me, well, OK, you said that, but back it up. I can't back it up. You'd have to really, you know, you'd have to do polling, exit polling and ask people who would your second choice have been. And they do. They do some of that. I don't know to what extent they did it in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. But now let me do this. Now let me see if there's been any update here, because you have to understand anything five point five of one percent. So half of 1% or less, it's an automatic recount. And in a recount, and it's happened, I remember uh, very well, governor in Washington state, Dino Rossi and Christine Gregoire. And Dino Rossi led and he led and he led and they did some final count and they found some tabular error. I mean, if anybody just made a mistake with their books, it's, it's so close that a tabular error could be the difference. All right, let me see. Give me just a second. I'm not a big fan of the New York Times, but I have to say I'm a huge fan of their election results. NBC, not so much. Hold on, where did it go here? There we go. They just do a great job with it. It's probably the only time during the year... That I would would even use the New York Times for anything. All right. Here it is. That's North Carolina. I don't want that. There we go. Pennsylvania. I think it was ninety nine percent of the vote. Now, keep in mind, though, there is a period of time where mail in ballots will come in. Yeah, this has not been updated, but I'm sure that it will. We'll keep you posted on it, but it looks like it's pretty much the same because I do think that the numbers that I shared when we opened the program this morning did include all votes that were cast at the machines and all the votes that they had prior to um, the election day itself. Now you'll have votes coming in today and for a period of time. But typically, unless someone really strategically uh, did something... The votes that come in after the fact, they mirror the way that people voted. And it was basically a, a 50-50 election between these two guys. So I I suspect, I, I, I confess it could go either way, but I would much rather, wouldn't you be, I'd much rather be up 2,672 votes than be down 2,672 votes. Because, you know, the way that the math goes, uh, if, you know, for someone to pick up several thousand votes, as long as you're still getting votes in there as well, they cancel each other out. Somebody's got to really make a good run. The, the thing that will be if McCormick falls short, and I'll tell you, his resume is amazing. I'm with Mehmet Oz and I was from the beginning, but a lot of my friends know and are with McCormick, I've got nothing against him. His resume is impeccable. Tremendous individual and very, very business savvy, uh, extremely wealthy, very, very successful. Nothing against him, but I think he's going to fall a little bit short. And the thing that will be very frustrating is he led. When I tell you he led all night. To well past midnight, I think it was. But there was you have to remember different areas report in sooner than others. And if it's a strong area for you, there was a point in time where I think a lot of people thought maybe McCormick had it. I still believed that Oz had enough votes out there that he could he could take this. And he kept getting closer and closer and closer, and then he took the lead. And the lead was then in the hundreds, then barely a thousand, then over two thousand, then over twenty six hundred. So it's not a comfortable lead at all. It's only two tenths of one percent. And again, in a recall, any type of tabular errors can automatically flip this thing in, in, a, in a heartbeat. And I don't even want to go to anything like skullduggery or or manipulating. The, the thing I always worry about with, with election dishonesty is they know exactly how many votes they need. So unscrupulous people, you just never know. Let's get our bottom of the hour break in. Uh, and when we come back, we will be joined by New Jersey Senator Vince Palestina. The first item, obviously, we're going to talk about uh, because I know it's, it's a, a project – that Senator Palestina has put countless hours into. And you, you think about it. When somebody has sort of their sights set on appointing somebody else and you're trying to chip away at that and have it go your way, it takes a lot of time, a lot of finesse, a lot of collegiality. The old expression that your grade school report card if you do all those things, remember you got your grades, but then there were those sections that um, Harry plays well with others or all these other things. You do all those things that you learn in third grade and you can have this kind of success. It's, it's hard work and doing the right thing and building the relationship. I mean, that's in my estimation. We'll see what Palestina says, but that's what I wrote and he didn't say correct that. Uh, that's what happened here. There, there was collegiality, mutual respect between two opposite political parties that each need each other, because keep in mind, Murphy is going to want to appoint judges and and other positions here within the district. And with senatorial courtesy, Palestina has a lot of power, more than most people know tremendous power. So this was a great result. And we'll be talking about it more next. It's 31 minutes past the hour. This is
0: Hurley in the Morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
2: We are back 35 minutes past the hour. Senator Vince Palestina joins the program and he knows where we're going to begin. Senator, welcome to Hurley in the Morning. How are you, sir?
8: Doing well, Harry. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a
2: pleasure. And I just did a preamble about my observations of the process. What I want to do is turn it over to you to describe you must be very satisfied because I know how hard because we've done many interviews on it. And this was a real priority of yours, having an Atlanta County prosecutor from the area, not taking what people in Trenton wanted to assign to Atlanta County. Uh, and considering the governor of the opposite party and being the appointing authority, the senator of the opposite political party uh, down here in, in District 2, I, I I will say this, in my estimation, qualifies as a great victory.
8: Well, thanks, Harry. I appreciate that. It uh, has been an interesting uh, journey over the last six months and, uh, you know, a lot of twists and turns and uh t- different schools of thought on this. I mean, I think uh, when you think back when I first got elected, one of the priorities was to have an Atlanta County prosecutor be from Atlanta County and so that was a pretty much the top priority when I went to Trenton back in November to meet with them initially after I had gotten elected and they knew they were going to have to deal with me and, you know, as you know, there's been some conversation about some other candidates and, you know, I said initially I thought that the next prosecutor should be from Atlanta County and let me just say just as an aside to that harry i read uh, i read your article on uh, on damon tyner who i've known for a long time went to school with carolyn and i gotta say i agree with him i think that you know the story now this week should be the nomination of will reynolds you know obviously been in the area a long long time served as a municipal prosecutor in many different communities has a ton of experience has a ton of relationships and i do agree with damon let's Let's change the focus. Let's, you know, things happen in the past. We understand it. You know, people move on. He's now gone back into private practice. And let's let him get back in to his private practice and forget some of that stuff yep. in the past. Now let's turn the focus. You know? And Let,
2: let, let me uh, not interrupt, but in- in- inject. I agree with him, too. And especially when they write something about you 10 times. Enough. You don't write the same story 10 times. And then you use a cheap, cheap way of writing it. Again, at the time that the new prosecutor has been nominated, I, I, I think that's unnecessary. Damon and the story speaks for itself, and I, I would urge our listeners to read it. it. It's comprehensive. We have comments that no one else has. We, we didn't print it, but we refer to quite a bit of it. We have the letter. That Damon sent to the press of Atlantic City and he basically he knew and I, I began with a little adage of you don't usually criticize people that buy their ink by the barrel. But if you get something done to you 10 times, there does come a point in time where only human where enough is enough and you're going to you're going to flip out a little bit. So I think he took the opportunity on a day that should have been all about will because uh, is a great moment in his career and his life. He's worked a long time and paid his dues in countless municipalities. Uh, and this is a very big deal. Uh, and I found that gratuitous, purposefully hurtful and unnecessary. And as Damon says, it hurts the family more than it does him. He, you know, he's he's been through the wars. He's run District 2 legislative races and other campaigns. So, you know, he can handle it. But it hurts the family. I'm glad he did it. And I'm glad I wrote the article that I did
8: yeah and that's what I agree with the article, and I agree with his stance on it. and then it does hurt the family. I had an opportunity to coach uh, one of his sons in uh, in Little League Baseball you know, over the last ten years. And you know it is a good family. and let's move on. And, uh, turn the page, that's the past. And this is about will. I mean, will Reynolds, you know, has been in Brigantine his entire life. you know, he's got a couple kids himself. He's uh, served as municipal prosecutor, as I said, all across this county in many different municipalities. He has developed relationships. With law enforcement across uh, many municipalities, you know, in the prosecutor's office, in local towns, he has relationships on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats. And so, you know, I really I had met him. I didn't really know him. But when this all started breaking in November had an opportunity to meet him but before that i didn't really have an opportunity to even know will reynolds i knew the name i knew he was a prosecutor all over but this is not like something where you know i've known him for a long long time he just came recommended by people across the political spectrum across this entire county as someone who would go in and do an excellent job uh, for that office and so know he's the person that uh, we have been pushing for since november since we had an opportunity to talk to him meet with him talk to other people around the county and it took a lot of twists and turns there were a lot of different discussions a lot a lot of different uh, things that he was doing behind the scenes and working on and meeting with people this process uh, we're all going to look back once we get the nomination you know finally done and approved by the state senate We're going to look back at this as a journey that uh, none of us would have anticipated, but it was an experience that I think we've all, you know, come to find is something that needs to be done in order to get these very, very important positions filled. And so now we understand the patience you need and, you know, the discipline you need and just the perseverance and dedication, you know, Will has had it. He has gone through more interviews than I can count, you know, between county JPAC and state JPAC and chief counsel and attorney general and governor and chief of staff. I mean, he has gone through, you have no idea. <laughs> times and how many questionnaires he has had to go through to get to the point where the nomination is ultimately made. And same thing with me. I mean, and, I- and by
2: the way, Senator, let's let our listeners know who don't know exactly how this works. To be nominated means you have been fully vetted. They have completely combed through basically your entire existence. So at the point in time that we were able and I appreciate the opportunity to break the story, we actually broke it seven hours before whoever was second. Uh, and, and I professionally appreciate that. Uh, but so once Governor Murphy announced that he is nominating William E. Reynolds to be prosecutor of Atlanta County, Will Reynolds had been fully vetted
8: completely you know state police background checks as i said interviews with everybody in the administration you know it's full complete total background check uh has been done and you know they've been working with us so they know that ultimately i'm going to sign off on it because they're not going to make the nomination if they don't know that i'm going to sign off on it and so you know, i appreciate all the work with the administration they worked very very hard on it we worked very very hard on it and you know at the end of the day i think the right decision was made to nominate him to lead that office. And, you know, looking forward to getting him through the Senate Judiciary Committee and then ultimately the uh, full state Senate. So, Sen- can-
2: Senator, in terms of um, the process, I'm not going to ask you to, you know, get too much into the into the weeds with it. But is it fair to say that something like this can always be in doubt? I mean, you you wanted the result of the candidate of your preferred choosing, but this required a whole lot didn't it to get to to succeed didn't it
8: it required more than i would have ever even anticipated or imagined harry it's a uh, it is it was quite the process um uh, multiple you know numerous meetings with me directly with the governor you know with the chief of staff with the other the attorney general conversations you know it, it takes To get to this point and to do the full background and to get everybody comfortable with the the nominations going to be made, it is a a pretty big effort. I didn't even, you know, I never even imagined that it could take the level of effort that this took. But, well, you know,
2: look at it this way. I mean, I would say the same thing about a senator. There's only 40 Uh, in New Jersey, 9 million people. And there are 21 of these uh, in the whole state. It's a big deal.
8: Yeah, it is, and it, we put it in. That puts it in perspective, certainly, Harry. You don't really think about it, but yeah, there's only 21 of them. They, you know, the administration has their own goals and their own desires with some of these positions. Just saw his nomination come out the other day with a couple other people. I believe they're reappointing the Cumberland prosecutor, and then they made a new appointment in Burlington. So the three of them were all done together. So the administration, you know, was working very, very hard on getting some of these uh, spots filled. At, it's one of the dynamics that changed, obviously, with Senator Sweeney losing. It, it just changed the whole dynamic of yeah. state government. You know, now Senate Presidents Qatari there, you know, a whole different person you're dealing with is Senate Presidency. Senator Stack now is Senate Judiciary Chairman. And so there's a whole different dynamic than what existed prior to last November. And it has changed everything. But
2: Senator, but- let me get the break in. That way we're going to be uninterrupted until Brian Kilmeade when we come back. It's 45 minutes past the hour. With Senator Vince Palestina on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, all because of you, South Jersey's number one talk station. And we can't thank you enough, but I try each day. Uh, we'll be right back. And I also want to broach it was a big theme of my article on this topic elections have consequences. And I did a little preamble before you arrived, Senator. I, I, I'm sure you were working and didn't hear it. But I mentioned that, and it was with no disrespect, To former Assemblyman Mazio, but I just totally believe that if this election had gone differently, this position would have been handled differently. I do not believe that the current Atlanta County prosecutor designee, Will Reynolds, would be where he is if the election had gone a different way. And I put that under the heading elections have not only consequences, can be significant consequences. I, I would like if you don't mind, to address that when we come back. With Senator Palestina, I am respectfully yours.
0: Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. thousand WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 3 Millville, a town square media
6: station. You know, people ask me all the time, Hannity, what kind of gun should I get? I always tell them about my friends at Henry Repeating Arms And then I tell them, just go to henryusa1word.com, go to their website. They'll give you a free catalog, free decals, and a list of dealers where you live. Now, they have something for everyone, and they're great gifts to give or receive for Father's Day, graduations, you name it. And by the way, if you're a collector, you should check out their line of tribute rifles that honor folks that serve this great country. Every Henry I have is accurate right out of the box. It's backed by a lifetime guarantee. They're made in America, or they're not made at all. It's a family-owned business. They give back to vets and our military. So if you're in the market for a high-quality, American-made firearm, you're going to love this company. Just go to HenryUSA.com. Go there. You get the free catalog, free decals, and list of dealers where you live. That's HenryUSA.com. And yes, they believe in the Second Amendment, and they believe in gun
7: safety. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at six. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back.
2: 52 minutes past the hour. We are now uninterrupted until Kilmead at six minutes past the top of the hour. We're visiting with Senator Vince Palestina. Ed Klein has sent me a nice note uh, that I just saw about uh Reynolds. Uh and you know what? I I I wanna I wanna uh bring up another topic to make sure we get it in. We could, we'll come back to what I teased before the break after this. This is one of those rare occasions where Will Reynolds wasn't just popular with one side. Uh, Democrats were not adverse to Will Reynolds, were they?
8: No, not even adverse. They were supportive. There were many Democrats that were supportive of Will Reynolds. He's a registered independent, so he's not affiliated with either party. But, you know, Republicans, worked in a number of Republican towns, so he had a lot of Republicans pushing for him. He also had a lot of Democrats pushing for him all the way up to the, Democratic County Chairman, some of the top elected democratic officials in the county so it, this was not you know one side or the other. This was kind of all sides and everybody coalescing around a, a single person. Ed Klein, of course, would know him from Brigantine from his time of brigantine and got a, uh, you know, fairly large family, a couple brothers in the area. I know there's other brothers and attorney as well. I we might have two brothers as, an, as an attorneys, and So, a well-known family. And, uh, you know, fortunately, we were able to work very hard with the governor's office and get it done. And, uh, you know, the issue you teased before the break, I, there's, I don't think there's any question, because when I first went there, I probably, it was the election was November 2nd. I guess I was sworn November 8th or whatever those dates were. I think the very next week, I went up there and they absolutely had somebody else in mind. They had started the process on a different candidate. And, uh, you know, that person, they, they rushed through, try to get them to the county JPAC and get them through that process. And they were, they were pretty aggressive in trying to get someone else who didn't live in Atlanta County, uh, that spot. And so, I don't think if I had not won, you know, I don't think there's any question you would have seen a different Atlanta County prosecutor. And like I said, everybody around here, you know, everybody who's been associated with government down here recognize that Will Reynolds right now is the right person to lead that organization. So, you know, very happy we're able to get the nomination done and get to the point where you know he's going to get through the Senate and be able to lead that office. And I think that you're going to see great things from that office under his leadership.
2: I agree. Senator Palestina, and it sounds like a cliche, but elections have consequences. Don't they?
8: they definitely do, um, you know, and that's uh, the appointments as I mentioned the other day. That is a big function of what the senator does. You know, it's somewhat new to me, although as I mentioned, you know, I've relied on others that have done it in the past. You know, I was Senator Gormley and uh, Senator Persky, Senator McCullough, Senator Brown, and so I was able to rely on some of their experience, and so I had, you know, an idea of what what I was going to be doing getting into it because I uh, had an opportunity to pick their brain and sit with them. But nevertheless, the role of the senator, because of senatorial courtesy, is is a very, very important role in these districts, and so it gives us the opportunity to work with the governor's office. Because even though these are gubernatorial nominees, you can't get them done without the senator from the home county signing off. And so, Senate, you know, just Senate senatorial courtesy is just a a tremendously powerful tool that gives us the ability to try to get the right people in these positions. And I think with this, we unquestionably have done that and uh, looking forward to getting him out there and getting him him working in the job.
2: I know you for a long time, so this is very easy for me. Um, You entered electoral politics, if you want to call it that, if I'm calling it that, not to be a politician, not for any type of self-aggrandizement you know or to be a big shot and all that you were successful and you know terrific before you ever ran the first time so you're about and we've we've interviewed you on this topic i i know a number of times over the years over many years you're about getting things done getting this done has to be very satisfying for you
8: It is, Harry. It really is, and, uh, you know, it took some effort, you know, and like you said, there's always doubt until you get to the point where the, you know, you know the nomination is going to be done, so there's always doubt. You're never quite sure. You, You know, I was hopeful the entire time. I thought we were in a good place. had an opportunity, I think I mentioned on your show the other day, to sit with the governor within the last month. He was down in A.C. I had an opportunity to sit with him for a half hour Talk about many different topics. Uh, this was one of them, and so you know he is taking the time, and that's what I said. You know, we don't agree with him on policy. You know, some of the stuff we just are going to be total one hundred and eighty with them on policy, just complete disagreement with some of the stuff they do. But at the same time, I have been able to develop a working relationship with them to the point where you know he came down to Atlantic City and he took a half hour out out of his day to sit down with me in a room at the uh, sheridan over in atlantic city and so you know have to say that when you have an opportunity to do that i am very proud that we were able to get this done he interviewed will himself he thinks very highly of will reynolds too and so it's just everybody coming together ultimately to do the right thing for atlantic county and so i Thank the administration. And, the, of course, after the effort that was put into this, uh, very proud that we were able to get it done. And I am about, you know, getting stuff done. I'm about results. You know, being an engineer, I'm about seeing things happen. It's always been about getting projects done, figuring out paths to, to make things happen as easily as possible. We live in a very, very regulated state, and so it's yep. not always easy to see things get done. And so I think that experience as an engineer uh, it lends itself Perfectly to politics, and you know, at the end of the day, going to always be about figuring out the best things for Atlanta County and how to get them done. By
2: the way, it's the lead story right now on the app, the WPG Talk Radio app, and at wpgtalkradio.com dot com. I always give both. Most seem to use the app, but there are people. Any digital device, if you go to WPGtalkradio.com, you'll be on the website and you'll have all the digital content and everything else. And every page of the website has that red listen live button and away you go. But this is the lead story at the moment. I haven't had a chance to read it, so I don't even know whose byline it is under. But it's not me. But I do know... Because of this, that Governor Murphy has declared a state of emergency over the New Jersey baby formula crisis. And I support that sight unseen, uh, Senator, because this is ridiculous what's happened here
8: unbelievable our supply chain uh, issues are just crazy and, and you know the government federal government's known about this for months and uh, didn't do anything until the point where it is absolutely a panic about the uh, parents being able to have baby formula so we support what uh, with the governor's efforts I think I saw many millions of dollars are going to try to put into this to make sure parents have availability of baby formula you know you can imagine we were all you know you were a father I was a father when kids are young and you know, you want to be able to provide for them and give them what they need and uh, have a shortage on baby formula because of what is going on in this country right now is just unfathomable. And so I support every effort, you know, either federal level or at the state level. I know Congressman Andrew has been outspoken on this topic, and we're going to continue to work with all levels of government to make sure that parents are going to be able to avail themselves of what their babies need. We have got to do that. That is a primary function of government, and we're going to be there to support those efforts, whatever we can do.
2: That's huge. So check that out on the website, on the app. Uh, And I do want to comment. I want to join you. I don't want to leave you hanging out there because I remember – During the pandemic, I had no relationship with Governor Murphy from a philosophy of governance standpoint. We just didn't agree on anything. Uh, The pandemic came along. I forged not only a collegial professional relationship, but an actual friendship with Governor Murphy. Now, that got me. um, my got some of my friends mad at me. I can't believe you can work with him. I said, well, I said, if you had my spectrum of observation, he we can disagree where we disagree, but I was very committed to being compliant, to being helpful as a member of the media, helping to bring information we go back in time remember when nobody knew how contagious it was and people were talking about you know leaving their boxes that would get delivered by amazon outside for two days before bringing them in or taking their clothes off immediately after getting into the house i mean it was a time of very unknown unprecedented uncertainty so we forged it wasn't a fake friendship we forged an actual friendship uh, i i think i can say this based on what you just said a few minutes ago senator uh you can see how you could have a totally different philosophy of governance but still be able to work with someone
8: you can and you know back in the day that's how it always was harry i mean everybody despite the political parties you would get together and you would work together it's just this country you know our world just becomes so polarized now it's just You know, those of us who just say forget the letter after the name, we gotta get in a room, we gotta figure this stuff out. You know, kind of pushed to the sidelines in some cases. And so, you know, the, the ability to work across the, uh, the aisle and work with that administration, you know, I welcome it and we're going to continue to do it because I think it is very important for our region. When you look at Atlantic City, you know, when you look at some of the stuff going on over there, when you look at the importance of Atlantic City to our county, when you look at the need to diversify the economy and work on yep. stuff surrounding the airport and the next gen aviation research facility and all of these issues, we understand Democrats are in control of the executive branch and the legislative branch, but at the same time we have to figure out a way that we can work together with yes. them. I'm not gonna, you know, just retreat into a corner and say they're Democrats or Republicans. I'm not gonna work with them.
2: We're and continue. and that's to your credit, because that is the way basically a lot of the people do behave. They're, they're even against what they're for if it's the other side that they think might look good over it. Oh, oh I'm against what I, I'm for. Yeah, yeah. you got to be against what you're for. Go figure that crazy out. Uh, but I'm in total agreement with that. And I will say this. If you had gotten in there and you were just some mad dog, renegade, um, uh, burn the house down to rule the ashes, we would not be celebrating the nomination of Will Reynolds for prosecutor, would we?
8: We would not. There would be somebody else and a lot of uh, bickering, a lot of fighting. And you know, it does, it's not just Will. You know, this week is about Will because we got the nomination done. And of course, uh, very important for our county, but there, you know, we have one judge on. Getting out on judiciary actually tomorrow. Michelle Perry Thompson. She's actually from Camden, but she's been working in Atlantic City for six years. And there are four other judges that are out there, two Republicans and two Democrats, that are going to, you know, follow up pretty quickly. And so it's not just one thing we've been working on. Working on the prosecutor. We're working on judges. We've been working on South Jersey Transportation Authority and working on CRDA. There's so many things out there that we have been working on that public doesn't see every day, but nevertheless every day. You know, we're at it. We're working on it, communicating with the governor's office, you know, basically every single day to the point where, you know, it's now done. But I had fish heads done. I had it worked out. They're yep. going to be able to stay for the season. If city kicked them out, it's just unfortunate. And those are the, the, you know, the things that we can get done with this administration. We're going to continue to do it.
2: I want to remind our listeners, uh, Senator Paul Steiner and I talked about it last week. Uh, I guess it was last Friday, if I remember correctly, whenever it was, it was. But we have the twenty one. Ukrainian flags. They're three feet by five feet, two-sided. They're very, very high quality. So every municipality in Atlanta County, you are welcome to call Senator Palestina's office to uh, to get the flag if you'd like to use it for your upcoming Memorial Day celebrations or for any, any public show support or purpose. Uh, and I want to thank our very generous anonymous benefactor for paying for the flags because they did not come cheap. Uh, it was a very sizable contribution to pay for 21 of these high quality flags. And, uh, I appreciate the opportunity, Senator, to partner with you and your team on this.
8: Yeah, it's awesome, Harry. And thank you. And thanks to the, thanks to the donor. We're going to make sure we get them out to all of the municipalities and, uh, everybody can have them as part of their celebration so thanks for the partnership and we're looking forward to making sure we support the ukrainian people as we get to go into our own memorial day celebrations
2: i just thought and it was this person's idea on top of paying for it it was this person's idea and i thought what a great show of you know support of solidarity of an ally that was uh, unprovoked and attacked i think it's just fantastic about 30 seconds closing comment
8: it is closing comments, just always thanks for the time, Harry. You know, uh, excited about that partnership for Ukraine. And, of course, your, so your uh, you and your family are in my thoughts and prayers uh, as you wrap this up. And uh, we'll touch base with you later. Hopefully everything goes well. And uh, just wishing you the best uh, uh, for the rest of today and, you know, what's to come.
2: Thank you for your leadership, Senator, and your friendship. Uh, talk to you real soon. Have a great day and congratulations. Uh, These are tough days. And when you have big victories like this, uh, you enjoy to you you deserve to uh, to enjoy it for a few minutes. Good to talk to you.
8: Thanks, Harry. You too. Talk to you soon.
2: Thank you, Senator. Brian Kilmeade is here. I have to go. I'll see you uh, on the app and at WPG talk radio dot.